Hey, we got a good football podcast for you today. I'm excited about it. It's brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Hiring can be a slow process. Cafe Altura COO, Dylan Miskowitz, needed to hire a director of coffee, went to ZipRecruiter, posted his job, found the best person for the role in just a few days. That's how easy it is. ZipRecruiter's technology finds people the right experience, invites them to apply to your job. No wonder. Four to five employers are posted on ZipRecruiter to get a quality candidate within the first day. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire, hire, to hire. We're also brought to you by a couple podcasts, uh, The Road Taken, brand new podcast from us about life on the road from a couple of the guys from Vampire Weekend. Very excited about this one. This is a really cool podcast. We also have The Hottest Take, which is uh, available exclusively on Spotify. Just wrapping up week three for there. I did a nice little thing about the Jets on there on Wednesday. Ryan Rosillo's podcast is wrapping up, what, week four? Yeah. Return of Scott Van Pelt. Yeah. It's Friday happening. Morning. Friday, Friday morning. morning. Holy shit. SVP. Um, and then finally, last but not least, Sonic Boom, our new podcast about how the Sonics were stolen from Seattle. That is available only on Luminary, where you can get your first two months of access to their premium content for free if you sign up at luminary.link slash Simmons. After that, $7.99 per month, cancel anytime. Terms apply. Coming up, Matthew Barry. We're going to talk about whether a fantasy team can go undefeated. Mallory's most intriguing baseball playoffs and, uh, and all the latest football stuff. And then million-dollar picks. We were scared last week. We didn't like last week. We scaled it back. It was the right move. Uh, I love week five. So we're going to talk about that with Joe House. That's all coming up first. Our friends from Pro Jam. All right, on the line right now, Matthew Barry. Um, this is great because not only do I get a, a guest for the top of the uh, the Thursday BS podcast, but I also get to brag about my fantasy team. I feel like we've done this podcast before, and we probably have, but yep. I want to do it again. My fantasy team is 4-0. It's ridiculously loaded. I have 509 points through four games. Impressive. Um, I, now, I am, what do you... Hey, I have a question for you, Bill. Yeah. I have some questions for you. So first off, it's obvious the only reason I'm making a repeat appearance in the BS report. I'm usually like I'm usually a one a year guest. You know, I'm usually one episode a year, right? No, but I'm that's my mistake. You should be like three or four episodes a year. That's my fault. But I'm anyway, keep going. I appreciate that. I'm always available to you, as you know. But I feel like I'm and Kyle, back me up if I'm if if I'm correct on this. I feel like the entire reason I'm on today's show is literally so you have an excuse to talk about your four no fantasy team. No, that's one of the reasons, but right. I also want to talk fantasy, but Okay. We did this nine, 10 years ago, and yes, I don't remember did. where we landed. So I just want to do it again. Yep. So can, I have a question for can you. Can a so fantasy team go undefeated? Does this yes. happen? Yes. It it happens. It's not, it's not often. It's obviously hard to do. It's easier to do in leagues in which people really, where there's people who don't really know what they're doing, but it has absolutely happened. It's happened many times. Uh, my favorite undefeated story of all time is, and I wrote about this in my book, uh, but there was a league where after the first week, a guy in the league died. He passed away. It was a long time league. Jesus. Obviously, everyone's shocked. It's awful. It's a horrible story. And so they, but they, to honor the guy, they're like, well, let's play out the league. And they're like, and, and what we'll do is no one's going to make any more pickups. We're all just going to, you know, we'll just sort of play it with whoever we drafted. And for the, for the, our, 
our league member who passed away, we're going to set his lineup just on whatever the projected points are. We're just going to, you know, we'll do it honest and we'll just try to whatever, whatever the projection points on the website say is his best possible lineup. And we'll just do that. And that team went undefeated for the season and won the league. Oh my God. That sounds like a sports movie, right? But I mean, it's a, they sent me all the screenshots and um, I mean, you know, just an amazing story. And then, you know, it was a very sweet story. And then like, you know, at the funeral, like, you know, they gave all the winnings in the league to the, you know, to the, to the parents um, who didn't even know he was in this league. You know, it was, it was, you know, some college kids and anyway, the story is awful about the, about the guy dying. But um, anyway, so yes, that's a long way of saying it does happen. But my question for you, Bill. Yeah. Is do you believe, do you credit your undefeated start, your 4-0 start to, um, to kind of like, do you, do you think your team had a, like, nobody believed in us kind of man- mantra here? No, I, I actually did homework for the first time in about 10 years, <laughs> and including reading all of the columns you wrote leading up to Appreciate the thing. That. But I did, uh, I actually really, really studied for the year because I was like, I'm just tired of losing. I don't like myself fantasy. I did a whole hottest take that we did at this other podcast we have about how fantasy actually just makes me feel bad about myself. I don't know why I do it. I, but I've what heard, I realized I heard is, that by the way, I know, but what I realized is I was cheating myself. I had to look in the mirror, Matthew bear. I had to say, <laughs> what am I doing wrong? Maybe I need to stop blaming all these players that I pick the concept of fantasy football. Maybe it's me. Maybe some of this is my fault. And I just made myself a better person. I like it. I That's like the happened. I like the responsibility. I like the the self-evaluation looking in the mirror. I wish I wish my Redskins would do that. I also did something that you have advocated for years and years in this draft, which is if you like somebody, get the person. Don't get yep. scared off because the price gets high. I was in a situation with uh Nick Chubb, who everybody in my draft knew that I loved. I had right. talked about him on the podcast with you. And Nick Chubb comes up and I just decided to make a joke about it. Like, oh, here he is. Here's my guy. And it goes into the low 30s and two other people are just like, no, we're bending them up. And it's like 36, 37, 38. And I'm, I'm just like, I'm getting him. I don't know what you guys are doing, but I'm getting him. It goes to 48. Oh my God. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm getting him. I don't care. Fine. It was $12 more than I wanted to pay. He's on my team. Fuck all of you. And then Nick Chubb running like a deer in the wilderness last week, just dancing around. It was wonderful. I love Nick Chubb. He's been crushing. Yeah. I love Nick Chubb. So it was things like that. It was just like, stick to your guns. Go into the draft with things that you liked. I wanted the Tampa receivers. I thought they were going to throw the ball. So I have Godwin and Evans. I really wanted Nick Chubb. I love Marlon Mack from last year. I knew I wanted Lamar Jackson. I want to take multiple quarterbacks. So I have him and Baker. Um, and it's just on down the line. I really wanted the Bears defense. Um, I really wanted Evan Ingram. And so I went into the whole thing with the strategy of, I want these guys, I'm getting them, which I think is the right way to do this, right? Yeah, look, look, an, because so you do an auction format, which is yeah. not, which is, and you and I have talked about this many times, it's so much better than doing a snake draft, but most people do it. That's the more popular well, you way know, to do but it. But you know why I do an auction draft? Cause, cause my testicles dropped. <laughs> That's why. I mean, some, some people, they haven't dropped. I mean, I don't want to make fun of them, but mine have dropped. So I do an auction job. <laughs> yeah. I'm not topping that. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, so I will just merely say, I'll move off of that and say, 
Yeah, look, uh, in an auction value, it's all about it's all about you know market value and and ultimately you know a player's value is what somebody's willing to pay for him. And and honestly, like and you and I have both been in auctions with John Walsh. That is entirely what John Walsh. John Walsh won't take a cheat sheet or any kind of auction value sheet into an auction. I've been in many, I've been in baseball mm. and football with him and he will just like, he wants who he wants and he doesn't care. He doesn't care about price or value. And sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. But the truth is, is that as soon as the first game plays, all those, all those values are out the window. And to your point, I've always said that like people are like, ah, oh, I, I really want this guy, but is it around too early? Is it, is it five bucks too much or whatever? I'm just like, it doesn't like, it's your team. You're the one that has to live with it. You've studied it, your team and your rule and your league settings, certainly much more than I have or anyone else that puts out rankings or values. And so, yeah, get the guys you want. Um, and right, obviously, like, so Evan Ingram going in was probably the fourth or fifth tight end in terms of price and whatever auction sheet you used. He's the number one tight end in fantasy right now. Nick Chubb was probably running back 12. He's, you know, a top five guy right now. He, he Lamar Jackson got was like heat, a, though. He got, he got heat as we got closer to the drafts. He became like sexy and he I was did. bummed out because I liked him. The The concern on Nick Chubb, what, there was two concerns on Nick Chubb or three actually, um, all of which, at least two of which have been unfounded so far. Number one is the concerns about the offensive line. And while that's hurt the passing game of the Browns, it hasn't hurt the run game. The number two was his passing game usage. People were like, ah, is he just really just a two down back? And he's actually been used more in the passing yeah. game. Not significantly, but he's been used more than I think people thought. And the third is the concern is what happens when Kareem Hunt comes back. But when you're running the way Nick Chubb is running, like, I don't know that they all of a sudden say like, ah, let's dial it back. Well, this like, is I hope the you case. have Kareem Hunt on your team. I would want, if I had Nick, uh, Nick Chubb, I would want Hunt on my team as a handcuff. But I mean, you know, the way Chubb's running, I don't know how he, how he comes off the field. We talked about this on this podcast and I was like, I am not scared by Kareem Hunt because yeah. I think after eight weeks, they're just going to be like, Nick Chubb's our dude. The other yeah. guy I really wanted and I got to be honest, I'm not sure I would have done this if, unless I actually did homework, but I just became convinced Lamar Jackson was going to be awesome. And, yeah. and this became, you're either on one side of the fence or the other, but the the thing that convinced me, which is something I remember going, for, going forward, is they really did try to build this offense for him specifically, that even including the players that they drafted last year and all these different things, they were just like all in on Lamar Jackson. This wasn't like, oh, we have this guy, but we're trying to fit him into this other offense that we have. This is like, this is our offense for Lamar Jackson. And I have a little concern about him long-term this season just because I think defenses are starting to realize they should just blitz the shit out of him and, you know, basically bank on their receivers being inexperienced and stuff. But for the most part, by accident, he gets to 20 points a week. He can yeah, have a terrible I, week and still get 20, you know? I mean, the rushing obviously keeps his floor high. And, and we talked about, listen, I don't think anyone expected this, you know, top three fantasy quarterback. But, like, if I you didn't. look at some of my <laughs> – there you go. You should have my job. No, I, I, I didn't expect it. I, right. I mean, this is, like, way beyond anything anyone could have but imagined. We, but we talked about this through the preseason. I do, I do a column in the middle of the preseason called, like, 10 lists of 10 where I do a bunch of lists. And one of the things – one of the lists is, like, stuff I'm buying – you know, preseason, preseason narratives that I'm buying. And one of my narratives was like, like I'm buying the fact that this is not going to be a run heavy offense in Baltimore, that they're going to open it up. I'm buying that, you know, how John Harbaugh said, we think our offense is going to revolutionize football. And I'm like, easy, John, I don't think it's going to do that, but it does tell me that they're going to open it up and it's not going to be just the, the crazy run heavy offense that it was last year under Jackson. And we'd heard that they really wanted 
that they wanted speed, right? To your point about if you just sort of looked at the moves they made, right? And in, in drafting uh, Marquise Brown, in drafting Miles Boykin, in drafting Justice Hill, right? That that they wanted just a lot of speed and they were going to open it up in a in a big way. And so, um, you know, and I, I had Jackson like on the on the love list as well. And so, like he was a, he was a trendy sleeper for a lot of people in the fantasy community. It wasn't just me, but um, yeah. But I, I'd be lying if I said. Like I thought he would do well. I didn't think he would do top three but he, quarterback yeah, he fantasy was, well. He was still a late rounder, or yeah. like in my auction, he went for six bucks. Um, and yours is a keeper league, right? This is the one no, you do with I Lewis. Wish, I, no, I would. That was that's our baseball one. I wish oh, okay. this was. We talked. Damashek is a big keeper fantasy thing. I don't really know how you do it because, like this year, if I had Lamar at six, next year he's you know he's he's potentially triple quadruple that. But right. I would but have him at six. A, that's a huge advantage. Exactly. But that's the great thing about a keeper league, right? It's so that like, so you took a chance on Lamar Jackson when his value was an all-time low. You're getting him for six bucks. Like you've earned that, right? So, so to me, what a keeper keeper leagues are so much fun. Dynasty leagues, keeper leagues are so much fun because number one is same thing, right? Yeah. So you go into the draft next year and you've got a, a top five quarterback for six bucks for well below market value, which is great. But there'll be other bargains throughout the right? And you're probably throwing back Nick Chubb at 48. Um, but there'll be other bargains throughout the league. And the other thing is, is what it does is it makes the league a year round event because now second half of the season, some teams have fallen out of it. But if it's a keeper league and somebody says to you, this is not a great example, but they're like, Hey, um, I'll give you Mahomes for Jackson. Right. Right. Do that Jackson is, stuff. Yeah. Right. So then you're, you're doing rebuilding stuff and then you, there's off season trades as well. And so well, this is know. what the, our baseball league that me and Hench own the team that we've had the league of dorks. Yeah. You know, and we have a minor league draft in that. And, you know, like we had, we drafted Mookie Betts and we had Mookie Betts for like four and a half years. And then his contract finally ended and it was like emotional. It was like, <laughs> spy Mookie. This is right. so much fun. He but, was I mean, really like our guy in that, every way. Right. Of course. Cause you like you, you drafted when he was a minor leaguer and you're, we think there's something in this guy. And, yeah. Right, scouting him. him. And then he comes up and he blows up and then you're like, this is our guy. Yeah. So I think that with football, it would seem, I don't know how you do it with these dynasty leagues, but it would seem like you would have to add what, $5, $10 a year, maybe $5? I've seen it all different ways. So I'm in a I'm in two different dynasty leagues, but I'm in one that's like, it's crazy deep. It's 12 teams, 33-man rosters. Um, and you keep all 33 every year. Oh. Like it's, it's just, and so you do a four-round rookie draft every year and that's it. Like that's your team. Your team is your team. Like you do a startup draft. Um, I'm in another league, uh, my, my longest uh, league, which is a semi-dynasty league with a bunch of kids I went to college with. So this is going on 20 odd years um, uh, that we've been in this league. And we, it's a 18, 12 team league, 18 man rosters, half point PPR, and we keep 13 and, you, but there's no penalty. You just keep whatever 13 you want. So I've like, I've had Todd Gurley, you know, since he was a rookie, I'll have him, you know, for his career. I've had Philip Rivers his entire career in that league. And so like, you just, you keep it as long as you want. You can only keep 13, but I've seen other ones where you like, you can um, like, with the Lamar Jackson at six, like the, the old rotisserie league baseball, like if you played by the book, like the, the people that wrote by the book, you would have Lamar Jackson for six bucks at two years. You could keep him next year for six bucks. And then he goes into his third year, his final contract year. And so you do two things. You could either say, you know what? I'm not going to extend him. He's six bucks for this year. Again, I get him super cheap, but at the end of the third year, you have to throw him back. Yeah. Or you can extend him for five bucks a year. So if you said like, I want his salary to be 11 bucks, 
now you get him for year three and year four at 11 bucks. That's what or we you, do in our baseball. So it'd right. be like Mookie's five bucks because he was a minor leaguer. Third year, we can have him for two more years at 15 or one more year at 10. And it's right. great. And, and like, you know, we picked Andrew Benintende. He, he, we had, we could have him for two more years at 15 or one more year at 10. We were like, great. Two more years at 15. And now we're kind of stuck with him next year because he sucked. <laughs> right. <laughs> I so I got to send him some PEDs this winter. He'll, it'll be fine. We're going to work it out. But, but to me, that's like, you know, I mean, the, the whole point is we're all sort of playing general manager and yeah. what I, it, it makes it's, it's more strategy. It's more longer term. Like you have to really think about it. Like, you know, so yeah, right. You signed a guy to a bad contract and you're stuck with it. Like, just like real general managers have to do. Well, the trades is the best part. Like, la like this year, Mike Mendelson, my friend, won League of Dorks. The reason yeah. he won, the biggest reason other than he had Verlander and Cole, which is outrageous. <laughs> Last year, he had a shitty team and was doing the rebuilding thing and traded his best guy for Alex Bregman, who then going into this year was, I think, like 10 bucks or 15 bucks. And right. became like the staple of his team. And that trade ended up winning him the 2019 title, basically. So right. th I like those things. I, I would and like by to the way, explore That's exactly football. how a keeper league should work. Right. Yeah. So he, he, he knew it wasn't a season. So he traded some, you know, he traded some assets to rebuild. And like, we see that in sports all the time. We, you know, that's the Astros. Well, right. What, I mean, right. Well, one right. other, so one other thing I did when I stepped it up, as I, as I told you, I had to look in the mirror. Yeah. There's some good stats now. And they're stats that are exceptionally useful for fantasy. You use them on your show. We use it on our fantasy football podcast where I now, I can, I can now know how many snaps somebody plays every game. Yep. I, the air yards thing is great yep. where it's like, this guy was open every game. His fucking quarterback couldn't get him the ball, but he's open. <laughs> like just believe in the process. Um, there's just the next gen stats I think are really interesting and yep. can tell people, can tell How much you, separation they're getting. Yep. Yeah, all that stuff. Or if somebody, if a quarterback is kind of, it's basically like Babip and Fip in, in, uh, in baseball where you can kind of tell if somebody's overachieving yep. and it's not realistic versus whether maybe this is for real. And uh, I don't know. I just like all the information. The next gen stats, you must love this. It's great for you. Yeah, no, it's, it's awesome. And we use it a lot here. I mean, it, it's really come a long way. It's still not as, uh, statistically significant as um, as baseball or basketball. There's much more data. There's, you know, much better analytics in basketball and baseball, but football yeah. is finally starting to catch up, you know? And so, right. I love, I love reading Barnwell. I love reading Aaron Schatz. Like, you know, we, we've got a bunch of guys, a bunch of guys out there that do really good work. You've got a couple of great guys over there at the ringer. By the way, I forgot to mention that, that crazy 12 team, 33 man, dynasty league that I'm in where we, um, Danny Kelly's in that league. Oh, Jesus. As well. Yeah. He's great with this stuff. Well, yeah. wait, hold on one second. Wanted to plug a couple podcasts, the hottest take on Spotify. We are finishing up week three. I had one about the jets, how to save the jets. You can listen to that only on Spotify. Just follow the hottest take. We have a new podcast called the road taken with a couple of the vampire weekend guys. The first one is up now. You can subscribe to that on Apple, Spotify, wherever you want. And then Sonic Boom, our new podcast about how the Sonics got stolen, stolen from Seattle is available now on Luminary. You can get two months of access to Luminary's premium content for free if you sign up at luminary.link slash Simmons. After that, only $7.99 per month. Cancel anytime. Terms do apply. All right, back to Matthew. So here are the obstacles for going undefeated. Yeah. 
the bye weeks. Writing brutal. about it on a podcast, a national podcast. Well, that's I, one of them. Well, that Do you think was, you've jinxed yourself? No, I, I already did that because on on Monday after I demolished somebody else and went to four now, I sent an email to the group that read <laughs> that read like this. It's first of all, it said the subject heading was going forward, which I was really proud of. Yeah. I know that I put together probably the best fantasy football team ever, but that shouldn't deter you guys from making moves every week and trying to stay competitive. (laughs) Just try to carry yourself with pride and dignity these next 12 weeks. I know this is tough, but it's going to be tougher to look back someday and know you didn't do your best. I was really proud of that. So I jinxed myself there. I might as well like try to own it with the podcast. Yeah. But I have, I have week six. I have, all these buys. And that's why it's so hard to go undefeated because you're going to have the week where four of your guys aren't a bye week. And now you just have to get lucky basically. Yeah. It's a, it's a little bit of that. It's playing the waiver wire and you got to stay healthy too. That's the other thing. Yep. I mean, like, so, right. you know, the red flags, right. Hate the red the, flags. Hate but the I, red listen, flags. No one thought, listen, and it looks like he's going to come back sooner than we thought, but like if you had the number one pick, you know, and you drafted Saquon Barkley, no one's going like, well, that was an injury risk. What are you thinking about Saquon? Right. And then I'll, you know, he's out for four weeks. It's funny. I actually was afraid of him because I thought he was just going to be running an eight man against eight man fronts all year. And that did concern me. But like, I I would say if you're going to say which top five guy has the best chance to get injured, you wouldn't have picked him. No, you'd pick McCaffrey. Yeah. I mean, because he's five foot four. Yeah, because I mean, and his usage is insane. Yeah, so he would have made he would have made me nervous. I mean, honestly, like I actually, if you'd asked me which top five guy would be, it would have been Le'Veon Bell. I didn't have Le'Veon Bell as a top five guy, but he was going as a top five guy on ESPN, and I had a, I had a number of people that I I know in the industry did have him as a top five guy. I mean, Le'Veon Bell's played all sixteen games once in his NFL career, and that was twenty fourteen. So right. Bell would have been my pick for top five guy most likely to get injured, but it wouldn't have been Barkley, who's like, you know. I don't know how that guy's built from the same DNA I am because I like, he's like, he's just a massive human being. Well, his like, legs I, are like, it, it's there's ridiculous. never been anything like it. No, you know, I mean, I've interviewed is, him and I'm just like, how are you and I the same species? Like he's just like, I'm sure um, he's tired of hearing it too, but he, it's, he, it can't not be brought up. Right. Where he's just like, he's just got this body that resembles no other body. Yeah. You know, I think to go undefeated, you have to get lucky a couple of times. And right. it kind of already happened to me in week one, a little bit where, I had like a 10, 11 point lead, but I was, it was James Connor against the Pats. Right. Right. And this is it. Like if he gets to, I'm looking it up. If he'd gotten to like 13 points, I lose. Right. And you just do is fall in the end zone or something. Right. So not only is he going against my favorite team, but now I'm rooting against the James Connor touchdown. And when you have that three hours on the Sunday night where it's like there, here's this one guy, I nephew Kyle was with me. I was having a heart attack. And plus, he's kind of hard to tell apart from Jalen Samuels because they have some similar body types. Right. So half the time, he and wasn't even in the game. Third, one's 30, one's 38. So you just right. see the three and you're Can't like, Can't see the yeah. number. So half the time, I'm freaking out. He's not even in the game. And uh, I got to say, I really enjoyed it. It was great. I was on pins and needles in a variety of ways that, the whole times. Whether it's Sunday night game or the Monday night game, but when you're clinging to a, a narrow lead and yeah. you're done... And the other guy that you're playing or the other person you're playing has one guy left. Like that is a, that is a sweat, like no other where you're just, you know, like you're sitting there, um, like the other Monday night, um, in, uh, in, in the war room league here, I was down. I, I think, I think it was, I think I was playing Mort, if 
But what, some, like I was down eight points and I had James Conner, who had stunk the entire year. I'm like, I think I should be okay, but like, who knows? Yeah. And like, and I had a friend in another league. He's like, I just need like 10 points out of Tyler Boyd. And I'm like, yeah, you should be fine. And didn't get it. Yeah. Like he didn't, he, he didn't get it. Well, so the like, wide receivers just cannot be trusted ever in any situation. Hey, before we go, cause you're yeah. a busy man. Um, give, give me three people that I should believe in that people have kind of cooled off on. Three people. Season? Yeah. Three people that you feel like could be had. If I, if I, I could get sneaky and try to steal somebody from, from another team in my league or whatever, three people. Uh, well, I'll give you one that, uh, that made my love list. I'll, I'll, I'll give you, I'm trying to think of the, of the third. Um, oh, here you go. I got, I got three. Okay. Uh, first off, Kyler Murray. Kyler Mm. Murray's been fine. The problem is that Lamar Jackson has been what we thought Kyler Murray was going to be. Yeah. But I believe, look, Kyler Murray started to run the last two weeks. Um, he's, uh, I believe, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I'm pretty sure he still leads the NFL in dropbacks in terms of total dropbacks. I mean, they're throwing a ton. It's a, it's a crappy defense. And um, so I just, I believe, I think the kid's special just in general, just from NFL terms. I think ultimately the kid's going to be special. Kyle, you and, agree with this? What Kyler Murray is to bet on? Being special? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to wake up Kyle. It looks like he Fair was getting enough. sleepy. Understood. Sorry, Oh, come on. This, uh, this podcast of dorks has uh, made him snoozy. <laughs> no, he loves this stuff. You're right. Um, so anyways, Kyler Murray is somebody that I, I actually think has a, uh, a, you know, big rest of the season, you know, some guys that are, that are coming up. I will, I think Ronald Jones is really interesting. Like, I think it's only a matter of time before he takes that Tampa Bay job over. I, I thought he was great he, last week. He had some really good moments in that. And he had some yards pulled back too. Yeah. Um, and so like, here's the thing about Ronald Jones. We talked about this on the, on the fantasy focus podcast that, uh, field and I do every day, which is that Peyton Barber is just a guy. Right, people forget Ronald Jones was a second round pick, had a high pedigree coming out of college. Like no one looked at the Buccaneers like, wow, Ronald Jones, you're taking that guy. Like he was highly thought of coming out of college. And again, Peyton Barber, no disrespect, is sort of just a guy. So it seems like it's taken a little bit longer than it should have for it to kick in for Ronald Jones. But yeah, there's there's elite talent there that finally seems to be uh, emerging. So I sort of believe in him. Well, you uh, also have they have two of the best ten receivers in the league now. Yes. And defenses, you could feel it last week in that Rams game. Like they just couldn't stop. They're trying to shut down Evans and they just couldn't stop both of them at the same time. And then that opened everything else up. Yeah. And you think about Arians and, you know, sort of his offenses. And so Jones, who strikes me as a, probably a better pass catcher than Peyton Barber, like just seems to fit that offense a little bit better. And he's also really good at those sneaky inside runs, which you know, then set up the play action. And yeah. I, I think he's a better fit. I'm with you. Um, Sony Michelle, your Patriots. No, <laughs> yeah. stop it. Yes. So now, now you're just making me mad. No, I look, I know he's been brutal so far this year, but oh, there's a bunch brutal. of brutal. Brutal. Yeah. That's an insult to things that are, are less brutal. <laughs> brutal. Jesus. He's been uh, he's, more than he's, brutal. He's been awful. He's been like Shawshank Andy in the hole for two months. Brutal. Yeah. He's been bad, but, Here's this is this is why I am still encouraged by Sony Michelle. And I, I think again, you could get him for a song, right? I guess. So he made my love list this week. Oh my god. And I god. think he gets back on track against my Redskins. Um <laughs> like I would I, I would make you're still saying my Redskins. You I should know. have disowned I'm, them by now. I know. I should I should have. It's uh, so awful. It's so awful. And by the way, Bill, I hope your Patriots, I hope you guys kill us. I hope you guys, I hope you put a 60 burger up on us. Like, honestly, 
because until Bruce Allen is gone. Yeah. Uh, I mean, listen, Jay Gruden's oh, the, a good coach. Oh, this is Bruce Allen's fault, not the owner who's owned it, the terrible team it's, the I entire mean, listen, time. I, look, I know, but I'm just trying to think of like what's fixable, right? I yeah. mean, so it's it's Daniel Snyder's fault that he has enabled and kept Bruce Allen as long as he has. But ultimately, like Daniel Snyder's a guy who writes the checks and trusts Bruce Allen and trusts his football staff to do, you know, to make smart decisions. And, you know, I mean, Bruce Allen, he's been there since 2010. His winning percentage is just over 40%. It's the fifth worst in the NFL since he took over. Um, and, I mean, you know, it's like at one, I mean, they're 0-4. They're going to be 0-5. And what's more important than this is that, like, someone I was having this debate with somebody, like, are the Redskins the worst franchise in the NFL? Because here's the thing about Miami. At least Miami has a direction. Yeah. You know what I mean? Miami's like, we're selling our assets. We're stockpiling picks. We're, we're getting younger players. We're getting people that are going to buy into the system. Like, like it's going to take them a couple of years. But Miami has a plan of attack. Like, what are the Redskins? I mean, the Redskins, the Redskins are going to are, you know, with a deal with Landon Collins and, the, and they still owe Alex Smith a ton of money. Like they're so capped out and they're going to be 0 and 5. And it's, you know, there's just no hope in sight. You just don't understand. And like they've led the NFL in players on the injured reserve each of the last two years. And they're well on their way this year. They can't get their own left tackle into the building. Like it's just anyway. So uh, um, it's it's pretty grim. We beat the Redskins fifty nine to nothing in two thousand seven. I think. I and I think I'm there's a sure chance that, that happened. You, yeah. Oh, it did, and it'll be worse this time because what's even worse is in addition to, you know, it could potentially be fifty nine to nothing, um, uh, or sixty five to nothing. In addition to that, it's going to be a half empty stadium, and the people that are there are all going to be wearing Patriots colors. That's what's the worst. The good news part. is those people are going to be totally quiet and respectful. I feel like. <laughs> right. I'm sure. Exactly. <laughs> of course. I hope, listen, I hope they are complete and total mass holes, right? I hope they live up to that. And um, cause honestly, like that's the only way I think that's the only way that Snyder makes a change is that, that if the Redskins have to hit complete and total rock bottom. And so if they lose 60 to nothing to the Patriots in front of a, a an entire Patriots crowd at FedEx field, a half empty, Pat FedEx field, you know, I mean, I remember the Redskins used to have like a 25 year waiting list for season tickets. And now it's like, Hey, right. uh, you want this three game package? Yeah. You know, with by the photos way, on the field. Yeah. It's anyway, rough. so, so by the way, the Patriots, Oh, I was going to say the Patriots, 85 yeah. points as a fantasy defense through four weeks. They've been, I mean, they've been ridiculous. I mean, that's like, what's the record for a fantasy? De- it's going to get tougher for them second half of the season, but um, there's, their schedule's still pretty good. It's pretty good the next next three weeks. Um, but like, has a, a fantasy defense gotten at two hundred points? It seems like yes. a lot. Yes, I'm. I'm sure. I'm sure. 250? Like fifty. I wonder what the record is. I have to find that out. I'll this find is, that out and I'll tweet good, that at you. This would be good for How much fantasy it, football Daniel? now on Sundays. ESPN two. Fantasy football now uh, on ESPN Sundays too. Appreciate that. Ten a.m. Eastern. It, I watch it every Sunday. I don't, I don't like when Field Yates uses your nicknames, though. That guy can fuck off. <laughs> your nicknames are your nicknames. He doesn't I know. get to use those. He's doing it entirely to troll me. Yeah, that's is, bullshit. It's total thank you. Yeah. It's complete bullshit. I'm going to tell that. him that. Because here's the thing about Field Yates, by the way. Field Yates, a huge Ringer fan, a huge Bill Simmons fan. And he a, listens a, to your podcast every... He listens, yeah. He's listening now. He, every day he'll, he'll come in. trying to help him. He loves it. He, he, um, he, came, in, he came in the other day... He was cracking up on me. He's what? And he goes, he's like, Simmons says this thing. With, he's like, you just have to hear this. And he played me, he played me the parent corner about uh, how Ben is DMing Instagram celebrities. Oh, yeah, that is true. Right. Yeah, that and, happened. And so, yeah, just, 
yeah. So Field loves the show. All right. um, well, tell Field to get his own nicknames. I Thanks will do for that. the support, Field. I'm gonna just I'm gonna tell him like uh, Bill told me. Bill told me he's never coming on the uh, on the Bill Simmons podcast. You're, he's banned from the show. Well, at least for six nickname. months until we know that he's gotten this out of his system <laughs> and he comes up with those nicknames. So Fair you're enough. in on Sony Michelle having well, a huge so, week and a 59 nothing Pats win. I am. Listen, I think Sony Michelle gets into the end zone here. Here's my argument for why I think things will get better for Sony Michelle. He's had at least 15 carries in three out of the four games this year. As you just mentioned, it's an amazing defense, right? 15 so shitty carries, but go ahead. I, yes, but, it, but the volume is there, Bill. Okay. The volume is there. Did you know Sony Michelle actually leads the NFL in terms of rushes inside the 10 yard line? He has 11 of them through four weeks. God, this is so again, you just, you painful. talk about sort of underlying stats and not that these are like super deep underlying stats, but just in terms of like, what is fantasy talent? We talked about this in the preseason fantasy success comes from talent and opportunity. Look, Sony Michelle didn't all of a sudden become a bad running back. This is a guy that was a star in college. who was a star last year. Like he's had a couple of bad games, but he didn't all of a sudden turn into like a guy that isn't any good. Now, what's happened is, is you guys lost James Devlin. You've had some injuries on the offensive line. You guys are shuffling. And this happens every year. Like the Patriots offensive line struggles, struggles, and then they figure it out, and then they're dominant. And so the fact that they haven't gone away from Sony Michelle, that he's still getting the kind of volume that he's getting, he's still getting the kind of volume that you would love when they get in close. Remember, the Patriots are one of the most run-heaviest teams inside the five-yard line over the last five years. Like when they get in close, they run, and so... Uh, so I believe Sony Michelle, who everyone's just like super down on. Look, you think about what Can that I read Super you a Bowl- stat? Yeah, go ahead. What do you got? Through four games, he has one target yeah. as a receiver. Um, last year, he had 11 targets as a receiver and caught seven balls. Yeah, he's the, not part of the passing game. The problem the- with Sony Michelle, and I've yeah. been saying this since last year, is that when he's in the game, all they do is run. And if I know that, guess who else knows that? The other 31 NFL teams. 100%. They don't throw him the ball. And that's why every time he runs, it's it's against seven and eight guys because everybody knows they're running the ball with them. It's frustrating. Right. But I don't expect- understand why they're doing it that way. Well, um, I'm not going to question Josh McDaniels or Bill Belichick on I'm questioning strategy. I just questioned him right now. <laughs> the most most mass holish thing ever. Wait, we have to <laughs> like, go. because like you're the most entitled... No, Boston that's bullshit. Ever. How about this? Run for Belichick. more than two yards and I'll root for you. Um, anyway, I, he's he's a guy that I think you can get dirt cheap that I like a lot. And uh, people are panicking on DeAndre Hopkins, who's wide receiver 39 on the season. Um, obviously, he's going to be just fine. Not me. I also think Will Fuller has a big game this week. There's no, another buy low. Big week. And in two weeks, he'll be on the IR. Um, we, we should mention, this is the last thing and then we have to go. Yeah. Other than, uh, I'll plug your stuff now. You have your yep. fantasy show on the ESPN Plus every day. Yep. Gets yep. super weird. Yes, this we do. This is your art project. This is like, this is your Sundance kind of yeah. fantasy this is, show. This is, well, this is my, this is my, we don't have footage. Yeah. Um, we don't have footage. Uh, we don't have, we don't have a lot of budget. So you know what? Screw it. We're just going to make ourselves laugh. Like the entire show is like, Norby said to me uh, when he was coming to the show, he's like, my only rule is, do whatever you want. It just can't look like anything else on ESPN. And I said, done. Right. I'm like, you know what? You can get away with, and you and I are both Stern fans. Like I always think back to like, you know, Jackie Puppet or Gary Puppet back in the yeah. day, or I think about Avenue Q and I just like, you can get away with a lot more stuff with puppets I've found. So you do that at least and on then, ESPN. And then Sunday is like your comic book. This is your Marvel franchise. It's yes. just, you guys are shooting fantasy information out. Like it's on a t-shirt gun. You're just pumping it out left and right. Info, 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 which is why I like it. All right. Here's my last question. Yep. Here's my fantasy team. You tell me if you think this team can go undefeated. 
All right. Lamar with Baker's backup. Yep. Nick Chubb, Marlon Mack with Devin Singletary, Tariq Cohen, and Jordan Wilkins behind them. Jordan Wilkins as my little handcuff. Yeah, no, you need that because, you know, Mack got banged up last week. He missed practice yesterday. So, yep. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Alshon Jeffrey with Jarvis Landry, Curtis Samuel, and Preston might not be long for my team, Williams. Yeah, I'd want to improve Preston Williams. I'm not the biggest. I took a flyer on him. Yeah, fair enough. I'm not the biggest Jarvis. Jarvis Landry is somebody that I would try to deal. I'm one guy short. Yeah, I'm one guy short. Uh, Bears defense with the Cowboys defense as a backup because you know I like having the two defenses. I know. Yep. And my guy Joey Sly, the best kicker in football. Best kicker in fantasy. Oh my god, 55 yarders every week. Can that team go undefeated? From what you've just heard, undefeated. Who's your tight end? Oh, and you have Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram as tight end. That's a really good team. It's a 12-team league? Yeah, uh, 10-team. Ten, okay. Still, that's a really good team. Yes. If you stay healthy, it's got a shot. It absolutely has a wow, shot. Wow, hear that, Kyle? I got a shot. You got... You, you know, you, Unbelievable. Like, you should find, like, different ways. As long as you stay undefeated. Like, I love the email you sent. You should find just different ways to troll... To troll them. Well, you know the, what I mean? the, tr- this league has the league. stakes. The stakes are if I win, which I haven't won in 12 years, I get to vote somebody out. So you get that power over nine months too. Oh, so this that's this league. That's this that's, league with Sal and Hench and Damashek, John Hamm, all those guys. Oh my God. Yeah, so there you yeah, go. Yeah, that's amazing. I um, mean, what you should threaten, what you should threaten them with is you said, say, listen, if this team go if this team runs the table, I'm calling my old pal Connor and we're doing a 30 for 30 on this thing. <laughs> right. We're gonna interview all you guys. Yeah. That, yeah, that'd be good. We'll interview, <laughs> we'll interview you, we'll interview Field Yates. Right. We'll just do the yeah. whole thing. Uh okay. all right. Thanks for uh, thanks for popping on. Don't let Field Yates steal your nicknames. Good luck on all your shows. And I promise. How about week eight? Let's make a date for week eight. Week eight after we week eight, to, heading into week nine. Heading into week nine, it's a date. Um, but you and I just uh, as long as I'm on the podcast, I just want to mention this one last thing. Yeah, you and I may need to start a petition campaign to save nine hundred two one zero. I don't you know. Think it's I, I hear it's on the bubble. Oh, it's on the bubble. I'm worried it's on the, the bubble. I'm worried good. it might not come back. Oh, I thought the ratings were good. It'll be back. The ratings were good, and then they dropped off a little bit. But uh, did you did you like the whole run? I loved the whole run. I thought it actually got better. I liked it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I really did. I thought they did a good job. I liked the, how meta it was. I thought it was good. Yeah, I thought it was really clever and smart how they did it, and I will be legitimately disappointed if it doesn't come back. All right. Well, if if the day comes, we'll have to do it. Matthew right. Barry, pleasure as always. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Bill. All right, we're bringing in Mallory to Mallory's Most Intriguing for week five first. Let's talk about Square. They make that little white reader that helps tons of businesses take payments. Here's the thing a lot of people don't know. So much more. So much more. So much more than just the card reader. They have tools like bonus sale for restaurants, retail and salons. Easy to build websites. Invoices you can send from anywhere. Full service payroll. Kyle, as you know, he directs, uh, he produces my podcast. I direct And directs it. Too, yeah. <laughs> if he does something I like, I tell him, can I square you right now? Pulls out a square. Square me, man. I give him a little $10 tip. Hey, hey. Be like, hey, man, get a beer for you and a friend on me because I really like to handle that. Square designs and builds all their hardware in-house. So it all works together smoothly with their software. Running, growing a business takes a lot of work, as you know. While Square can do all that work, it can help with a lot more than you think. See how Square can take your business from square one to whatever's next at square.com slash go slash BS. That is square.com slash go slash BS. Mallory Rubin is here. 
Hello. Mallory's most intriguing. We do it every week. This is your time. It's your very special time. The wild card games just happened. Mm-hmm. Baseball playoffs coming. Yeah. Talking to House a little bit later about the Ewing theory potential of the Nats. the Nats. And he's like, they don't qualify. Bryce Harper sucked. I'm just spoiler alert. That's wow. what he said. Okay. Um, and everybody's just like Astros Dodgers. Yeah. This is happening. Does, Why wouldn't this happen? Does the way that House uh, assesses whether Harper is a, a traitor hinge at all on House himself being a traitor who abandoned his lifelong allegiance to the Baltimore Orioles to Well, you're an Orioles fan. You should understand that anyway. Come on. You got to you got to ride or die for life. What is this? Uh That's I see my thing is like either be a widow mm-hmm. with your team, be mm-hmm. a sports widow. Mhm. Or ride or die. Ride or die. House's thing was this team played in Baltimore. The only reason I rooted for them was because I didn't have another option. I had no other option. Okay. And then a team literally moved into my city and mm-hmm. called themselves Washington, which is my city and the city I care about. And the Baltimore owner is terrible. And that's why I did yeah, it. That's fine. I wish him nothing but misery. <laughs> Love you, House. Uh, I do not have a baseball item for you today, Bill. Really? Yeah. yeah. I want to keep you on I'm your toes. So surprised. I figure we'll do it for sure the next couple weeks heading into the championship series rounds and the World Series. Do we want five weeks in a row of baseball talk? Mm. I would love that. Is that what you want? I'm not so sure. I did uh, not watch any of the wild card games. So was, I'm off to a bad start with the baseball playoffs. The uh, Man, yeah. the NL wild card game was an absolute thrill. I know. The, the Nats crowd was, I, I can't really recall seeing too many baseball crowds that behaved in that way. It was awesome to watch it has like a world cup feel to it it really did i think i think nationals dodgers has the chance to be really really good and the astros in general i just cannot wait to watch that team in october it's cranky as the third starter is out of control the pitching matchups for astros rays are incredible it's gonna be really fun how many how many uh domestic violence people are on the yankees roster how what do we settle on Man, well, we have a suspension. Well, he's out, yeah. so it's just Chapman. Is the only one who has a history? I mean, if you run out of reasons to root for the Yanks, depressing. I, as you know, my favorite team in the baseball playoffs is always the team going against the Yankees. So you're a Twins fan. I'm a Twins fan. You and Megan Schuster. Did you read Zach Cram's? Piece I read all the Twins the stuff. <laughs> twins, quiet but astounding playoff curse. We, how is Byron Buxton going to get hurt during this series? Is the really the ultimate question. I'm going to say, and I wish him health Probably and running, success. running into a wall. Is yeah. he really this? Full extension yeah. on a dive in the outfield, trying to make a spectacular play. Probably making a spectacular play, but regretting And crumpling to the ground. Injuring himself in the process. Um, I have one email for you before you do your top five. Okay. It's from Isaac Collins. Okay. Hello, Isaac. Could not agree more on your Mike Trout take. Who cares if he's the best player of all time statistically, but has never made an impact play when it counts? What exactly is the narrative here? Every year he was consistently incredible while everyone else around him was terrible? Mm -hmm. Wow. Compelling stuff. Enjoying baseball for an individual's performance on a terrible team Mm -hmm. is the most masturbatory thing I can think of as sports. Mm -hmm. Enjoying something in total isolation from the rest of sport. Sincerely, Isaac Collins. Isaac Collins. I just want to make sure I remember that name so that I can always effectively identify your burner accounts in the future. <laughs> and that really was an email. I'm just glad people know. People understand you can't be the MVP out of 72-win team. Okay. Unless you're in like Dungeons and Dragons fantasy world where dumb things like that happen. So again, I... I always thought it was a team sport. Call me crazy. 
Alex Bregman, deserving MVP. Great. Great. He's my MVP. You think his at-bats in a lineup surrounded by other MVP caliber players actually matter more than what Mike Trout can do for a team that desperately needs him? You think it is disqualifying that Mike, Mike Trout is on a bad Mike team? Mike Trout had outs. I would like to be clear. He's like, I could have gotten out of this. He's like, no, sign me up for 10 more years of meaningless at-bats for bad teams. <laughs> he'll still be this a This is great. I'll win nine still, MVPs. He'll be a Philly No at some pressure. Point. He will be a Philly at some point. He will. I would like to be clear again, though, that this is not an argument against Bregman or someone on a winning team. That's not the point. It's an argument that Trout should not be disqualified for playing on the I just Angels. think we need a third award. Oh, my God. Let's give it to the, the nerd award for best individual performance on a team that just kind of happens in a vacuum. Can we call it that? Go ahead. What's your what's your top five? <laughs> what's number five? I got a weird one for you for okay. number five. You Great. ready? I like weird. We're heading into the final two episodes of a little show called Ballers. Oh, I thought you were going to say Succession. <laughs> I was so excited. I've watched every Ballers. I have no idea what's going on. And not just in this season, the fifth season of Ballers, but all time. This is it for Ballers. This is it? This is it, Bill. We're heading into the final two weeks of Ballers ever. The Rocks filmed his last scene where he's driving in a car that was clearly filmed like outside his house. Not only driving in a car, but sitting alone in a room doing mm. a voiceover interview so that he's not in scenes with any other people at any moment in time and can get out of there in like 18 so, hours flat. He's like, I can only film this from 830 to 930 on Thursday. It's really That's it. it's it's incredible. There was in the most recent episode he was in both a boardroom scene I and a it. funeral scene and I was astounded that they were able to get him in scenes with that many other people. They probably had to build a fake funeral thing in like his office. And he his, might have been he green screened in. Can't say for sure. Do you think they're green screening Leave him? one seat empty in the funeral pew. Right. <laughs> you know, for, maybe two. Patch it in after. Stick them in. I love, I've never seen a show that has more scenes of somebody on their car phone. That so many been, car chats. Baller season five is just like rock on his car phone. It's incredible. So this is what I want to know. Yeah. Heading into the final two episodes. Can I describe the show in one sentence? <laughs> the answer is, I'm sure, no. How prescient will the final two episodes of Ballers be? Because I think that watching this season has been a really fascinating consumer experience in ripped from the headlines storytelling oh, yeah. from a football perspective. Right. That seems to have shifted from just ripped from the headlines to weirdly feeling like it is predicting the current state of football. Now, am I saying Ballers is a good television show? Bill, I am not. But if we quickly go through the list of some of the things that have happened and some of the people who have been central figures, think of the 18-game schedule plot, right? The vote around that and Healthcare for veteran players. This is going to be a thing heading in to the cur the actual real world CBA. We saw last week, uh, you know, the test balloon about, well, what if it was 17 games? This is happening now. Odell, OBJ coming in for a, you, you see a real NFL player on ballers, you think it's going to be like a cameo. Recurring role. Right. <laughs> for back on this Just season. Shockingly available. And what's it around? lifestyle brand well what's yeah. been happening with him on the field not only has he does he have his very 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 dope custom nike shoe 720 line not sure if you've seen the desert or colorway i'd highly recommend checking it out if not great shoe kyle knows yeah. what i'm talking about kyle's pointing at me the watches right 
all the stuff about his watches out on the field and how many hundreds of thousands of dollars did the watch that he's you know wearing I didn't cost. I never noticed the watch subplot. Oh, oh no, yeah. wait, they mentioned it four hundred times. <laughs> exactly, it was clearly how they're paying him is through this watch subplot. <laughs> so it's all happening. Yeah, was Melvin Gordon on the field the first few weeks of the season? He was not, but guess where he was, Bill? He was on Ballers, hosting Ricky at his pool party. On and on the list goes. Spencer becoming owner and GM of the Chiefs. And what's the Chiefs' Did you think that was line? realistic or no? I mean, obviously, like, patently Like, absurd. two years ago, the guy was having fertility problems, and that was an entire st- storyline for them. And now he's the owner of the Chiefs. There was a moment. He's like, hey, I'm going to own an NFL team now. There was a moment in the most recent episode where he, you know, took a swig from his, his pain pill bottle. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, they just abandoned what was a major plot point. Abandoned the whole season revolved around fertility and painkillers. What about last season? I was just thinking about this. <laughs> and they did feature it heavily in the, you know, the, the previously on package that led into the season five premiere. Yeah. The whole NCAA plot, like right. Spencer trying to t- tear down the NCAA and the thing about the elite recruit and funneling money and trying to change the power structure and the landscape of compensation. It's just gone. <laughs> It's just gone. It's it's unclear how the show, first of all, happened. And then, like, do they have writers meetings sketching out the storylines? And look at this. Our set's falling apart, and I'm complaining about ballers. Well, this feels like a harbinger because I was just good. Patrick Mahomes' jersey just fell off our wall. Yeah. And the other big plot point is the Mahomes contract, negotiating the Mahomes contract. Can he be the $200 million man? I always find moments like that on Ball are so delightful. Similarly, like the Charles and the Rams on the show trying to lure Kamara from the right. Saints. It's like, what if you're TJ Yeldon and, you know, Melvin Gordon's having pool parties on the show. Mahomes is talked about as the guy who's going to shatter what the contract structure and guaranteed structure looks like. And then you're the one they bring up just to say, like, I don't want to settle for a mediocre guy. How does that feel? Tough one. Getting insulted on ballers is like a triple insult. It seems like the only goal of this show is every show has to end with some sort of party where they can do the wide pan of all the people just seeming super happy in Miami. Yeah. And I don't think there's another goal. Actually, that's it. It's just one goal. Are we going to end on the party shot or are we going to end on Spencer looking... You know, contemplating the future, looking into the water. Well, that was how every entourage show ended for eight years. It was the guys looking out on either a skyline or the ocean. Yeah, especially now that we know about the fear of water. I think we're going to get the There's one other thing that's a a prerequisite. Jay Glazer has to be just crammed into every episode. And if he can be pacing outside of his own unbreakable MMA studio, even better. Jay Glazer probably has the third most minutes of any character on the show this season. It's unbelievable. They The the final episode of the show is them just going to be firing Odell's watches from a t-shirt cannon gun at Jay Glazer's Unbreakable Studio and then it's going to pan back <laughs> to people partying. And they're, they're firing them from Ricky's radio show studio. Yeah, so that's another thing. They <laughs> Where he's was got his vape pen. Player empowerment slash yeah. players trying to become media people mm-hmm. and it's all kind of almost something I know. And yet people like it. Well, it's a really fascinating thing where all of the topics feel like just right. And then they'll do something like have Spencer's character say that the only reason he didn't lose his scholarship when he was at Miami was because a professor advocated for him. And you're just like, 
I'm out. Yeah, that's that never happened. <laughs> that did not happen. Yeah. That wow. did not happen. Two more episodes Two more. of Ballers. Soak it up, Kyle, folks. was this on your radar? Uh, no, but when the show came out, it was. And so yeah. I'm glad people are still talking Soak about it. Soak it up it's like the, the tequila Rock's, shots. The Rock's on the show. He makes like $40 million a movie. I know. And yet it's clearly he feels bad. He didn't want to do the show anymore. And they're like, please, one more Help season. Just let us wrap it up. Yeah. And he's like, only if I film half the scenes from my car. I will only film scenes with Candace and Boss Man. Right, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next one, number four. Number four. So one of the characters who has played a meaningful role on Ballers, as we just noted, Melvin Gordon. Yeah. Is Melvin Gordon also going to play a meaningful role in the Chargers starting this week? He's back. Can he help them? So holdout ended last week. He was back with the team. He was technically active in week four. Didn't play. Anthony Lynn had said it was going to be, you know, in case of emergency only. Well, now heading into week five, heading into a matchup against the woeful 0-4 Broncos. Yeah. What sort of usage are we going to see from Melvin Gordon? What is the fantasy implication of that for Austin Eckler owners and for people who drafted Gordon and then have been waiting to see if he And Austin Eckler back? was good. Austin Eckler's been excellent. 490 total yards, I think, six touchdowns. He's scoring a lot. there's like advanced stats stuff with him where it's like he's actually the most productive running back in the league right now for what his chances were and how he handled them. So one of the things that makes this situation intriguing is obviously just the the broader Chargers macro narrative with them, you know, always in funky game situations. Can they get it together Mm. in time? But specifically with what you just mentioned with Eckler and his usage, I mean, Gordon is one of the best running backs in the league. He's not going to seed his standing as RB1, but it also doesn't make sense to remove Eckler from that offense, given how productive he's been. I'm wondering if the volume of injuries on that team, specifically, and they're, they're bo- both sides of the ball. You know, we've already talked about Derwin James and Russell yeah. on the podcast, but receivers, a lot of receiver injuries right now. So are they going to be changing the personnel packages that they tend to feature to build around two RB sets more often and shift to at least temporarily until Mike Williams is healthy, Travis Benjamin's back out there, an offense where both of those guys can be featured in meaningful fashion, again, both from a fantasy perspective and in a way that makes that offense hum. Anthony Lynn has said, you know, he's going to ease Gordon back into it. So I don't think he'll be like at 100% capacity this week. But they're also going against the Broncos, who just made Leonard Fournette last week look like he was back in his LSU um, trucking Ole Miss defenders yeah. in highlight reel, gifable fashion. And they caught also, him a bumper car in Danacy football. They did. I love that. And also lost Bradley Chubb, one of, yeah. I mean, they're their second best defender after Von Miller and one of the best defenders in the league. So, is that defense going to be able to See, stop thought, the run? I thought you were going. First of all, I love when teams play two good running backs together. Nobody ever does it. There's got to be real reasons for it. But I always feel like it's dangerous. Kyle and I want the Bears to do this with Cohen and Montgomery just out there in the uh-huh. same time, same backfield. Uh-huh. I thought you were going, would they flip Melvin Gordon right now to a contender that is not happy with the running back? Well, it doesn't seem like there's a market for that based on the fact that they allowed him to, and who knows how much of it is just posturing when there's yeah. a holdout and a contract dispute, but they allowed him to pursue a trade. And judging by the fact that he's currently on the Chargers and ended his holdout of his own volition, yeah, didn't find a trade partner. Now, that doesn't mean that the team couldn't now try to do that on its own terms, but... I was thinking of a certain team that you might root for. I'm good. 
You're good? I like Melvin Gordon a lot, but I don't think the... the You're good with mediocre Mark? No, I don't think the... I mean, the Ravens have one of the best... Did he fumble this week? He did. The fumble was brutal. It's like three fumbles the fumble was The fumble was brutal, but I will say until the fumble, he looked great. The Ingram, Gus Edwards, eventually when he's a little more comfortable and a little more ready to play it, read it, read an NFL scheme, Justice Hill, and then obviously I'm not sure you've you've heard of him, but Lamar Jackson, uh, that's pretty good. I like that person. Yeah, those four players running the ball, I feel pretty. So good you with think? That. So you want to see two running backs, but more importantly, you think there's a Mike Shanahan possibility here where both guys get ruined from a fantasy standpoint. I personally nobody's totally happy with. Either guy. It definitely feels possible. I pr- I'm hoping that that's not the case. I am personally invested in this because I drafted Melvin Gordon. Yeah. At the moment in a draft where I felt like I couldn't, I could justify the risk and I couldn't justify letting him sit there any longer. Yeah. And for the first few weeks of the season, I deeply regretted it and I would not call the fantasy team that I have in that particular, le- in that particular league um, successful or productive. So I need him to be good. I really need him to be good. You know my strategy with holdouts in fantasy drafts? What? I I don't take any part of it. You know why? Not worth it. Let it be someone else's problem. I want my guys to report to my team. (laughs) I typically stay away from it too. I remember the only time I ever did it. Remember when Joey Galloway held held out a million years ago? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I'm going to get him. He's going to be great. He's going to come back. And he just was like rotting fish in my fridge for months. Just and then you have to hold on. You can't cut the cord. I know, and it really hurts because not only did you spend like an asset, whether it's a pick or you spent money, but then they're just chewing away your team. I just didn't feel like I. I took him in the sixth round. I didn't feel like I could pass on the potential at that point, and specifically not only with the yardage, but just the touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, the touchdowns that Gordon gets you are so valuable. I also think that you know the way Eckler's yardage right now is pretty evenly split between his rushing and his receiving. So are his touchdowns right down the middle. He can still play a meaningful role in that offense, even if he's not getting the bulk of the rushing carries. I think it's going to be right. fascinating to watch that okay. play out. Let's take a break, and then we'll do number three. All right, now it's time for the State Farm Safe Bet of the Week. Yeah. The player you can count on. Okay. Just like football, life can be unpredictable. That's why State Farm agents are there to help over 19,000 agents. That's a lot of agents. Sure is. A local State Farm agent can be just around the block, whether you talk in person by phone, through the app, State Farm is there. Go with the one with coverage and agents you can count on. Like I count on this person right here, Mallory Rubin. Incredible. Editor, officially editor in chief of the true. site this month. It's true. The EIC. As of this week. Who can we count on? I, I say Pat Mahomes okay. is a wonderful fantasy asset. Yeah. I think he is the runaway choice for the MVP unless the Ravens defense can get a little better or unless Gardner Minshew cools <gasps> off. Who knows? Man, I, um, yeah. But I don't want to count out uh, <laughs> the Mississippi mustache yet from the MVP race. Mahomes, not a very good week last week. They still scored 34. It's amazing how in a game where he didn't throw his, not only his typical amount of touchdowns, but throw a touchdown, the streak ended. You know, you had a moment where you allowed yourself to believe that maybe the Lions could do it, but you never really doubt Mahomes and the Chiefs. And this week, Sunday Night Football against your Indianapolis Colts, rough, your team, your times. favorite team. They're coming up on million dollar picks later. Prime time feels like Tough Mahomes one. is going to bounce back with 31st defense. Quite a showing. It's a tough one. Travis Kelsey double-teamed last week. The, you might be trying to unlock him a little bit. The gymnastics from Kelsey with the incredible hook and ladder 
midair instant maneuvers. Sports movie-esque. Fun stuff. Friday Night Lights-esque. Felt like a college football game. I enjoyed it. If Baltimore called Kansas City mm-hmm. and said, we'll give you Lamar straight up for Mahomes, Come on. you would do it? Would I Would I get rid of my own child? Well, that was my question. Of course So not. you're with Lamar for life now. Till the end. Till the end. Mahomes is your Mahomey for this segment, but not <laughs> That's right. in Baltimore. That's right. Lamar um, forever. Lamar forever? Yeah. There you go. Well, State Farm, you can also count on. State mm. Farm, talk to an agent today. Time for number three. Number three, a shared passion of ours and everyone here at The Ringer, Danny Dimes. But this isn't about Danny Dimes. Mm. This is about someone playing with Danny Dimes. Golden Tate back from the PED suspension. Oh, they're all out of a system? <laughs> what can Golden Tate Next on Ballers. King. It would have been a great Ballers plot because his, ex- do you remember his excuse? Don't rule it out. We have two episodes left. Fertility. Oh. Fertility treatment. Yeah, yeah. The Rock. Well, The Rock <laughs> solved his fertility and painkiller treatments <gasps> All off the once. show. Not in an episode. It just We just assume it happened. Solved them while battling the injustice in the NCAA system, folks. Right before he bought the Chiefs. <laughs> what a show. Can there Game be another GM. show like this? Can they do a show about like a digital multimedia company where shit like this happens every week? There was a small part of me watching Typers. this season of Ballers that thought, the esports plot was like, are they going to go with a spinoff here? Well, I <laughs> like was thinking, Joe in the esports. or was an esports thing playing them? Because you can't ever trust ballers. Every cameo feels like there's some sort of financial angle for the producers. I mean, great recurring look here for League of Legends, no doubt. Yeah. So, Golden Tate. <laughs> ballers. Ballers. Five years. It's amazing. It's amazing. I'll miss it. I really will. It's terrible. I watch every it. episode. It's been a... I hope it comes back as typers. Meaningful part of our lives. No, you need it. This is your, this is how you bring all your ideas together. This is the aggregators. The people. The aggregators. (laughs) The aggregators. They're at a WeWork in Brooklyn. For your save and takes. (laughs) (laughs) So the Giants host the Vikings. The Vikings right now, they could be their own 30 minute discussion. They're a mess. The cousin situation is a mess. Dealing, saying we need to be able to pass at some point. Digs. Not, you know, ruling out that maybe there were some murmurs of a trade, even though he said he didn't ask for one. And on the other side, we have a team where everything seems to be clicking, folks. Now, yes, Saquon Barkley is still out. Of course, that's a big deal. I think we see him this weekend. What? Did you see? He, 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 Do you really? He's like, don't rule me out. Well, have you seen the guy's legs? I have. It's like. <laughs> They're gigantic. It's like ruling out <laughs> like the, the Grand Canyon or the Niagara Falls. Like he's one of the eight wonders. That would be incredible if Saquon came back that quickly and we got the return of Golden Tate, Saquon back in the offense. Wayne Gallman looked really good last week. Pride of Clemson. Someone picked it's all up, clicking for dimes. Someone picked up dimes in my league and nobody made fun of them. I mean, he's got to be owned. He's like, I'm stepping in on dimes. He's, he's like, okay. He's got to be owned. Kind of jealous of you that you have dimes. He's not one of the 18 quarterbacks that no, you're hoarding on two. your roster? I'm down to two. What? Lamar's my guy. I needed to show Lamar that I believed in him. Baker's his backup. That's it. I'm good. Loyalty. I yeah. love it. Incredible yeah. like stuff. Like Lamar, you've been my guy. Oh, you're, you're still my guy. Golden Tate, the Giants guy, has not played for the Giants, obviously. If you'll recall the bizarre nature of him joining the New York football Giants, it was basically felt like seconds after they traded Odell. Right? Yeah. Day later, they signed Golden Tate. He's suspended, hasn't played yet. 
And the team that he is rejoining is just drastically different from the one that he thought he was going to be a part of. And he hasn't been able to practice. <laughs> Kyle, are you Sorry. sick? No, it's a sneeze. Don't Kyle. Decide. I'm not sick. Plague Kyle. season at the ringer already. Kyle. I feel like I might have started it. Yeah, your patient's Zoe zero Simmons started. No, Zoe Simmons was, but anyway. I think that Golden Tate, whether he or Shepard is the ultimate 1A in the offense, remains to be seen. And maybe that's going to be Angram. It seems like he and, he and Dimes have a great connection. But that kind of player, Golden Tate, is huge for a young quarterback. Because mm. he's third and eight. Target monster. And he's a yak machine. No one in football is better at generating yards after the catch. Literally no one than Golden Tate. So for Daniel Jones, in a moment of desperation, indecision, to be able to just say, I got a a short little out here to my dude Golden Tate, and he's going to make the rest happen, Mm. that just feels like the kind of thing that could help him really elevate his confidence and his game even further. And as our colleague Danny Heifetz noted on Danacy this week, the thing that really stands out about Daniel Jones isn't anything he does exceptionally well. It's the absence of things that he does exceptionally poorly. And Yeah, he doesn't have like those Matt Ryan (sighs) rolling out to his left, and suddenly it just looks like he doesn't have coordination in his body. I, I... I, same, I started crying same, talking the, about Matt Ryan. The same yeah. team that I drafted Melvin Gordon on, by the way, I have Matt Ryan in Dimes, this debacle. This is weird, but Dimes is just like coordinated. Poised. He, he moves around in a very like fluid way. The Vikings defense is obviously a huge test. Everything that we said about them being a mess is specific to the offense and the <laughs> omens here. Yeah. The the plan on offense the defense and particularly the defensive backfield is exceptional so having to face you know Harrison Smith Xavier Rhodes that's a real challenge it's a stay away gambling game yeah and so having Tate back for that game in particular could be huge excited to see it it's funny though if like Terrell if Terrell Owens once back in the day was complaining about McNabb Mm -hmm. and everyone's like what a fucking dick Mm -hmm. bad teammate by the way he was a bad teammate but oh my god you don't do that and Thielen, like, did basically the same thing with Kirk Cousins. He was just yeah. like, in so many words, he's like, I'm open. This sucks. Yeah. Like, this guy blows. At some point, you got to be able to throw I was open by ball. four yards, and he missed me on a 50-yarder. Like, I drafted myself in fantasy, and I'm getting killed. This is bullshit. And then Stefan Diggs was basically going, all right, if there are trade rumors, there's great. Some, there's some truth to everything. Maybe there's some yeah. truth. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, that it's was brutal. that was tough. I um now they know now those two guys know how Washington Redskins fans felt for four years. And right. we have Redskins fans in our universe, all of whom were like, I'll drive in the airport, please go. Great segue here into number two. Yeah. If you'd like to just keep it moving here. Let's do it. Hot seat watch. Oh. Does Jay Gruden survive the weekend? So I think they would have It's, it's time to be talking about this. I think they would have fired him last weekend, but they knew the fifty to nothing beatdown was coming, so they'll do it after this game. Right. Who are they playing? I'll let you say it. The Pats. They're, they're coming up a million dollar picks. They're playing the New England Patriots. Uh the Washington Redskins have not won a football game this season and are a complete mess. And they have a chance to lose this game in mortifying fashion. Going against the best defense in the league when they have the most discombobulated offense in the league. Injuries compounding the total lack of anything resembling a cohesive plan. Now, last week we talked about the Dwayne Haskins, Case Keenum conundrum 
I thought it made sense to put Haskins in. I still think it was the right call. That's that's what ended up happening, even though he played poorly, does not look ready. I still think it was the right call. You have nothing to lose if you're Jay Gruden other than games and your job, both of which you're going to lose anyway, right? Put him out there. See what you have. I wouldn't, I wouldn't play him in this game. You're, the Pats defense could have 50 fantasy points in this game if he plays. So, so, I'm I'm talking about the rationale for putting him in last week. Yeah. I agree oh, that last putting him, yeah, putting him out this week would be <sighs> I didn't like doing it last week either because if you're gonna play him, play him. Don't be like if Case Keenum sucks again, then I'll put him in because the odds are Case Keenum was gonna suck. He had no weapons. Right. The thing with well, right, because McLaren's out. McLaren was out. Adrian Peterson is Adrian Peterson. I mean, come on. They but, just had no, they had nobody. I picked up that guy, Paul Richardson, in one of my fantasy leagues, and the guy had like two catches for six yards. Yes. I think they just the, had nobody. The thing that they also don't have, though, is anything again resembling like a strategy because when Gruden's asked this week, okay, well, what's the plan? What did he say? He said, we don't have one right now. Like, you can't say that out loud if you're the head coach of a football team in the NFL. You just can't. House was in on this from the get-go because when Trent Williams held out yeah. and it became clear that they were just going to just stare at him. Still holding out, by the way. Yeah, and House was like, if he's not going to play, like they're throwing away the season. This is, like, basically their way of tanking. Right. They should have traded him. Could they have gotten what Houston got for, ton for Tunsil? Yeah. Gave up for Tunsil. I don't think they would have gotten that much because there's, like, a five-year age difference, but... I think somebody would have given up a first round pick for him. Certainly could have gotten a good a good return for him. And instead no they're getting nothing from him. He's just holding out. It's right. Absolutely idiotic. The way that the franchise has run has obviously been um utterly confounding for many, many, many and years. And a delight to you. Well, you know. I as a life rule root against Washington teams, so right. certainly true. But if you think back to last year, Similar, the comp would have been Hugh Jackson, and it was just inevitable. It was every minute of his yep. tenure was leading up to the conclusion of his tenure. And that was October 29th. So we're still weeks away from what would feel like the moment in time where it was possible for a coach to be severed. But it just feels like things are so bleak in Washington that the end is here. Well, so next week, they are playing the Dolphins right. in Miami. Early tank bowl. Well, but that's also a case if you're going to change coaches, you want to do it there because you might actually win that game. Favorable circumstances heading into the Dolphins game. And then House and I are going to talk about the Nats-Redskins thing when we do million-dollar picks, but everyone in Washington just cares about the, the Nationals right now, especially if they take a little lead against the Dodgers. Mm -hmm. That's when you fire your coach. Like, right. When, when are the Red Sox— yeah, when did the Red Sox fire Dombrowski? Mm -hmm. The weekend the Pats got Antonio Brown. They're like, right. Sunday night, midnight. Uh, by the way, we uh, fired Dave Dombrowski. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Nobody cared. The Jonathan Allen quote from a couple weeks ago, and again, things have only gotten worse since then, not better, was there ain't no magic sauce to get this thing turned around. And that's exactly right. There's no magic sauce. At some point, you just actually have to make a meaningful change. It's it's amazing how long Jay Gruden has been there. It really is. Move on. And again, to be clear, not rooting for anybody to lose a, a job ever, but it has just reached the, the moment of, the of inevitability. Go join the Raiders. Work with your bro, right? I think it would be fascinating to see who the Redskins elevated to interim, given the people who are on that staff. Is it going to be Bill Callahan? Is it going to be Matt Cavanaugh? Like, what, what are we going to see? Oh, and we could get a more Bill Callahan? He was he, terrible. I mean, he's he's assistant That'd be great. coach. I vote for that. So that would be also just right, fascinating. Let's go to number one. Number one. Are the San Francisco 49ers legit? Mm, 
think this mm. is the week where we need to start really asking these questions. They're hosting the Browns on Monday Night Football, coming off a bye. They're 3-0 and are one of only three remaining undefeated teams. You know who the other two are. They're the Chiefs and the Patriots. And I know people, those teams. You do. People talk about the Chiefs and the Patriots all the time. We're not talking about the Niners in that same conversation. We're, we're not. We haven't been. And I think this is the week that determines whether we should be. Andrew Wallace sent me an email. Jimmy G is 20 to 1 for MVP. Hmm. Is there a world in which the Niners go 12 and 4? He has 4,000 plus yards passing, 35 plus yards TDs. And if so, wouldn't he have to be in the conversation, especially because they sucked last year without him? Interesting. I mean, I think Mahomes is the MVP, but the way that you have a one in three chance of a quarterback getting hurt, yeah. who knows? You mispronounced Lamar. That was weird. But I think Garoppolo, at least right now, is throwing too many, too many interceptions to I don't really see be it, but I, thought, I like the case. Yeah. I mean, completing 70% of his passes, the, he is a microcosm for the entire team, which is to say they're highly productive and generally pretty impressive but every now and then befuddling so yeah. they're sloppy you know there's a, they're leading the league in turnovers lost well their schedule so they got uh Cleveland this week yeah at the Rams that's tough at Washington home Carolina at Arizona hmm. home Seattle at Arizona so it's like Hmm. So only a couple of like really tough ones in yeah. there. And I think this, I'm with you. Like this is, I think for both of these teams. Totally. But that, this is like, we are going to come out of this game specifically and be like, okay, now we know. There's a compounding effect there and how they inform each other. Right. Because the Browns coming off, um, just De a th destroying a thing that happened. We don't need to go into it. it Relitigate re yeah. it. Let's, let's not live in the past. Let's live in the future. But the Browns had the result that they had last week and now everybody's back in on the Browns hype. That machine is churning again. So if the Niners continue to win and perform well, now that people are again looking favorably on the Browns, that then helps generate more Niners hype moving forward. And then, you know, you look at something specific. I mean, their defensive line is just exceptional. And Kittle, I think people think he's having a bad year just because he hasn't been generating fantasy points at the the level that people grew accustomed to last year but yeah. he's pff's highest graded player period like jesus at any position i mean he's just doing incredible things on the football field the way that he's blocking in the run game the way that they're deploying him in various respects is he had two touchdowns in week one they got called back they on did get called tape, back so. yeah bad that's bad, like people uh, are keeping player. track of that stat now of like yards and tds called back because, like, the guy, Ronald Jones, on the Bucks had the same thing. He had a couple of callbacks last week, too. Those kiddo ones in week one were were brutal. I think yeah. a lot of people drafted him in, like, the second round and were like, what the fuck? Also, he had big <laughs> celebrations for each one, not yeah. realizing. He's like, awesome. he's really, yeah. Uh, he's awesome. So yeah. this is it. We find out. And we're looking right now at the NFC on the whole and saying, who's, like, the who's the team? Who's the elite team? Is it the Saints? Is it the Cowboys? Is it the Packers? Could it be the Rams if, you know, Jared Goff stops fumbling? It's funny. There's a lot Maybe of— it's the Niners. There's a lot of B-plus teams, yeah. and they're one of many possibles. Mm -hmm. I don't really love anybody in the NFC, do you? I think we need a few more weeks to see. Everyone's got a flaw, right? Well, part of it is just when Breeze comes back to the Saints, what game shape he's in with the thumb injury and what they look like with him back. And in the, the Saints-Cowboys game was really interesting because it felt like the kind of game where the winner was going to sort of earn that crown, even if it was just temporary. First game where you kind of doubted some of the Kellen Moore magic a bit. And I think, again, that's just mm. growing pains and figuring it out. I think that, you know, he'll continue to to 
call really smart plays and use Dak and deploy him effectively. I, I still really I like the Packers. I the Packers and the Rams are the two that I'm kind of eyeballing. Yeah. Because I just think that Rams game last week might have been weird. They might have just not taken it seriously. We see this in football sometime though. They're huge favorites. It's a home game. We're great at home. We'll figure it out. And then they're just the Bucks are just going nuts and the Bucks happen to have two of the best receivers in the league all yeah. both playing well and it just might have been one of those games. Do I don't want to give up on them yet. Do Mike Evans and Chris Godwin have anything to do with the fact that Jared Goff has hands the size of a child's doll? Well, he had five <laughs> bad plays. But then there's a case you could also make that like since Gurley, whatever the fuck's going on with mm -hmm. him, since that started late last year, they've just not the same team. Yeah. And, and he was awesome for two and a half years where we all thought he was the best player in the league yeah. mid-October last year. Yeah. We're not very far removed from his massive contract extension. The McVeigh mastermind thing is also, you know... A conversation that is in motion because the thing that you came to expect from him, and and that's not not to indicate any doubt about his his prowess as a play caller. It's more you come to expect constant innovation and evolution from a coach like that. But that's the irony is he's they don't really do that. That's They're kind that's of what like, I'm saying. This is what we do. Right. You can't stop it. And now teams are like, actually, we figured out a couple of ways to at least make it difficult for you. Mm -hmm. And they haven't done that next iteration. I find the golf contract discussion particularly fascinating. Me too. The idea that in a sport where everyone agrees that the one thing you can kind of never regret is a quarterback contract. It's like, will this be the one that changes that? I mean, even if you look at a situation like Jacksonville, where if Minshew continues to play this well and the Foles contract is on the books with the dead cap hit that it carries – and cutting him is not realistic and not playing him is not realistic given the hit, they could still trade him. Yeah. You know, trade him to the trade him to the Bears, right? Yeah. Any number of teams who are going to need a quarterback. The Rams are Jared Goff's team for a year. Well, this now. is what Sal and I talked about on Sunday that if they don't give him that contract, he's actually a fascinating trade piece because they might just decide in week six, ah, this might not be our guy. Mm -hmm. But Good one. Some good games this week. Mal, Jimmy enjoy G. the baseball playoffs. Enjoy football. Enjoy college football. Enjoy watching Jimmy G. Enjoy ballers. I don't know how you couldn't enjoy watching Jimmy G. Enjoy succession. I will. Talk to you soon. L to the OG. <laughs> All right, Joe House is here. We're going to do Million Dollar Picks. Last week, week four, we lost for the first week. But the good news, if there was good news, is we sniffed it out. We did not like the week. We scaled back big time. We did two... Plus 150 three-team parlays for only 200000 apiece. That would have won if the Rams hadn't decided to take a big fat dump in the Coliseum. But we came damn close. Only lost four hundred k, uh, Still up 860000 for the season house. And we both like week five. Are you excited? Yeah, uh, I am excited. I want to commend you. On a couple of very nice uh, setups that you you presented there, in the first place you talked about us uh, being unable to sniff something out, and then you followed up with the fact that the Rams laid a great big dump last week was the Uncle Ricky week, and we used a, a couple of his good guidance, his observations to really frame the week. We knew to be cautious. The one adage, the one instruction that Uncle Ricky gave us. 
never trust a fart, Bill Simmons. Right. And so, yeah, and we we tried to avoid the farts, but the farts got us. Yeah. So I talked about Uncle Ricky's advice for turning fifty, which he gave me in the late nineteen nineties, and was relevant because I turned fifty last week. Where he said, "Never pass a bathroom without going in. Never leave a heart on unattended." So I sent him the link, and I was like, "Hey, I gave you a shout in the pod. You got to listen to it." Listen to it. He texted me back. You forgot number three. Never trust a fart. And we we didn't trust the fart last week. We scaled back. Arguably, we should have just not bet anything, but that's not fun. But uh, the good news is we didn't lose that much, and now we really like this week. But before we get into this week, wanted to mention the Washington Nationals, your favorite baseball team, winning the wild card. Now heading into the ALDS. The Ewing Theory Committee has been looking at them all year. They've been studying the application since uh, Bryce Harper, media-created superstars, never actually won anything. He leaves. You might be better off. There's a major Ewing Theory case. In less than a minute, can you describe your feelings on this? Yeah, and in fact, it's not we might be better off. We are better off. Juan Soto is better than Bryce Harper. That's not even a hot take. That's the take. Juan Soto is better than Bryce Harper right now as a 20-year-old. And this Nats team has been extremely endearing after uh, correcting course. They started off their first 50 games, 19 and 31, um, because of a historically bad bullpen which still hasn't really been saved, but an enormously likable group of guys. I've enjoyed rooting for this team. I believe the high watermark of the season was that um, come-from-behind win against the Brewers that really captured the entire spirit of the team this whole season. They managed to score three runs on a hit batsman, a Ryan Zimmerman, the OG, uh, you know, broke, breaking a bat bloop out into uh, just over the second baseman's head, and then our young stud, super-duper, super-super-duper star Juan Soto ripping a single down the right field line that scared the right House, fielder so much than a minute. that he let the ball go by. This Nats team is fun, and they're going to lose to the Dodgers. Well, you're you're 5-1 to one to win the NL pennant. That seems low. Feels like you should be like 10-1, right. to one, right? Yeah, 10-1, to one, I would step in. 5-1, to one, that's not enough juice. Jesus. Well, I was happy for you. I know how much Juan Soto means to you. You've been on him from the get-go. He's your Ovechkin. For uh, for your baseball team, you have no Ovechkin for your basketball team, unfortunately. I have not been able to find you one. And you definitely... Is there a basketball team? I and don't you, think there's a basketball team here. You definitely don't have your Ovechkin for the football team, which leads me to week five. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was... Speaking of farts, how did we miss out on the, the Giants and, and Danny Dimes up against the stinktastic uh, Gruden Deadskins? Well, something I'm very proud of, of how we fanned a million-dollar picks this year. We've avoided putting money on bad teams. Yeah, we, and we have, tried. We have definitely avoided bad team versus bad team. Just yes. as a strategy, we have not put bad QBs in teases. Arguably, some could argue Jared Goff is a bad QB. He did throw for 500 yards in that game, but made five terrible throws. You could also argue their defense was a bigger problem in that game than Jared Goff. I thought they were both terrible. But the Redskins are in action this week. They're playing the Patriots of New England. The game is in... <laughs> The game is in Washington, and I'm going to say Matthew Barry predicted a little bit earlier. He was on, by the way, earlier, who also loves oh. the Redskins. He thought Shouts, Matthew. He thought this game had 59 to nothing potential, much like 12 years ago when the Patriots beat the Redskins 59 nothing. I think they did. Um, he was saying, 
half full stadium with mostly mass holes, Boston transplants living in DC, getting tickets from people they know, or just buying them on, you know, SeatGeek or wherever the last minute. And, uh, and he was saying this had the potential to be a massacre. So my question for you, the Pats are favored by 15 and a half. We could tease them down to nine and a half. So all they would have to do is win by 10, 10 double figures. They beat the Redskins by double figures. We cover that one. And then we rip into the teaser basket and try to find our second team. Why wouldn't we do that? We have to do that. That is an absolute must. The The sage Matthew Barry is on point. Once again, if FedEx field is half full, I, it'll be a miracle. Every one of those human beings, save for the, the, the 10 remaining dead skin aficionados, are going to be mass holes. Our mutual pal Kevin Brady is here in D.C. All I've heard from all week are people from New England that are coming into town to go out to uh, the FedEx joint. Are you crying? It sounds like you're, you've just broken up. What happened? <laughs> I need a drink of water. Jesus. Are you dying? What's Hold happening? On. <laughs> I'm going to drink water on, the, on Redskins. Air. Would... the Redskins are going to kill you. <clears throat> I was going to ask Kyle if I could take a, a, a break, but I forgot that Kyle's a <laughs> so uh, was, I'm not going well, I'm, I'm I'm to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to take a sip of water on air. Well, there's one other fun wrinkle for this Redskins game. It starts at uh, at one o'clock. Oh, better now. It starts at it starts at one o'clock East Coast time. I was hoping the Nationals game would go head to head just so that the difference, the indifference of Washington sports fans would be 100% instead of 90%. Unfortunately, that game is not until 745 your time. So conceivably, somebody could go to the Redskins game, leave, and then go to the Nats game because that's going to be game three against the Dodgers. My guess is nobody's going to do that and people are going to avoid the Redskins game and just watch the Nationals game or go to it. But I do like that wrinkle of kind of, it's kind of the before and after picture. The national, the Redskins game is the before picture where the person's 380 pounds. And then the Nationals game is the, that person lost. He got down to 180 and he's in great shape. Isn't this great? (laughs) This is, it feels like a challenge. It feels like you're just throwing down the gauntlet at uh, Dan Steinberg. I mean, this is right up his alley. DC Sports Bug. Oh, uh, going to both? Well, just getting those pictures and putting them side by side. I mean, this is that that's his lane. He owns yeah, that corner. Good. I'm sorry, Dan Steinberg. I didn't mean to get in your lane. It is No, no. He, I mean, he I'm I'm sure he would welcome the, the challenge. So here's the thing with the Dodgers, just so you know. They the Dodger fans are 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 definitely wounded. They they they've had a rough decade. Their guard is up. This is a team that if you can go in there and win game one or game two, their fans are going to get really nervous. And if you can come back to Washington 1-1 or even up to nothing by some miracle, um, that that the Dodger fan base will be freaking the fuck out. So just keep that in mind. There's been <laughs> well, a lot of damage. I would certainly enjoy that. A lot of damage. So, I mean, this this Nats team has nothing to lose. This This is... A great position, a rare position for a Washington team. No expectations whatsoever. So just let it all hang out. The and case, it's all kids. They don't give. They don't, they give zero f's. The case against the Pats is that they're pretty banged up, including the fact that we have a new field goal kicker, Guskowski. The run is finally over after a million years. I've had two kickers in my life 
since 1996 when I was an unemployed bartender living in uh, Charlestown, Massachusetts, and you would come to visit me. Uh, yeah. That's I mean, how long it was. We both had more more girlfriends than that. Yeah, we had we had. Uh, and we've been married for a long time. Yeah, I was years away from meeting my wife. You were not close to meeting your wife either. Um, <laughs> not close. This was a long time ago. I've had two kickers, and now this will be my third kicker. But I think the defense wins this game by itself. I don't know what the Redskins do offensively. Haskins they threw in last week. And it was a predictable nightmare. He could not have looked worse. I don't know why they did it. And now nobody even knows who their QB is going to be. But either way, it's going to be bad. And I think the defense covers 10 points by itself, much less whatever the Pats offense. So the question is, who is our teaser team? Who do we put them with? Yeah. The nominees... The nominees are... Let me hear your candidates. Yeah, let me hear your candidates. Well, I'm going to... Hold on. I'm going to reach into the teaser basket. Okay, good. Okay, I've just pulled out the Vikings minus five at the New York Football Giants. I'm throwing that back. No, bad, no, no, bad no. teaser no, basket. No, no, thank you. Not betting on Kirk Cousins. Go away. Never. We're not doing it. You can't talk me into it. The next one would be teasing the Falcons, who are plus five in Houston, teasing them to plus 11, saying these are two Kind of weird, bad teams that can't totally stay out of their own way. Houston can't block. Atlanta just screws up in a variety of ways. This feels like an anything can happen game. I'm throwing that one back as well. I don't trust Matt Ryan. I don't trust the Falcons. And I'm not going near that one. The third one. Oh, you have any comment, Matt Ryan, sarcastic Matt Ryan comment before I keep going? No. <laughs> no, I I mean, Dan Ryan and Jake Gruden in the XFL Super Bowl is going to be terrific. <laughs> Dan Quinn, you mean. What did I say, Dan? Yeah, Dan Ryan. Dan Quinn, I like Dan, Dan Ryan. Ryan, and Dan Ryan will be Both bad too. Well, Matt Ryan could be his official, his, his uh, offensive coordinator. Teaser basket number three. <laughs> wow, <laughs> sick house. This is I like not on Mike. This is a this is a glimpse into our future when we're just seventy old guys. Forget you're calling guys the wrong names and coughing to the mic. I'm I'm probably wheezing. <laughs> I took the mic away. Um. Okay. Third one. Chargers at home minus six against Denver. I'm throwing this back for a variety of reasons, including um, it looks too easy on paper. I don't yeah. trust the Chargers. No. Nope. The Denver is hung around in their games, even though they have uh, their own four. It's it's a slightly deceiving own four. Yeah, I, Fanny I, Pack Fangio just needed a month to get his 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 Fanny Pack in the right position. Yeah, I don't I don't That's have what a, I'm worried about. I don't have a feeling either way, but I will tell you this. There will be a lot of Denver fans in that game, and I don't like that. Yeah. So that leaves us with the Bears of Chicago mm-hmm. laying five and a half points in the beautiful country of England, in London, playing the Raiders. It's enticing for a couple reasons. Um, one is that Mitch Trubisky's not playing. <laughs> We're getting Chase Daniel. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'm old school. I like when my quarterback can throw a football in a straight line to the person trying to catch it. It's just one of my weird quirks. So I like that. I think Oakland, it's a little deceiving because they look good last week against Indy. That Indy team was really banged up. The Colts have been yes. great to us. We even threw them in a parlay last week just out of respect, out of all the money we they did. made us. Just that, It was a respectful move. And the Raiders look pretty good. The Colts... They have the 31st defense in DVOA now. They've had injuries. 
don't really have a pass rush. And it's starting to, I'm starting to get worried about my Colts. But um, I like it because it's helped this line because I think the Bears have an awesome defense. And to go from playing against that Colts defense where, man, Derek Carr looks good this week. Oh, man, look at him getting rid of the ball. Ah, oh, Josh Jacobs to this Bears defense, which along with the Patriots defense, these are really like A-plus defenses out there. And I just don't think the Raiders are going to be able to move the ball. So Chase Daniel and uh, and and whatever running game they get out of it, the London crowd, all that stuff, that's fine. But I think the defense wins this one too. What are your thoughts? Well, I'm I'm right there with you. First of all, shouts Chase Daniel, one-time deadskin. I always loved him. And wondered why we didn't see more of him. He's he's a perfect backup, but you know yeah. we've seen a lot of backups get um, quasi starter jobs. I feel very comfortable with Chase uh, behind the ball. But the point you made is the right one. This is a defense. the The Chicago Bears defense is the reason to be excited about the Bears. There are a couple of trends here also that I'm going to mention. But Khalil Mack revenge game. This is Khalil Mack against. Oh. Uh, oh, okay. We, we like we like that. Yeah. Uh, under John Gruden, the Raiders are zero and five against the spread, coming off a win. We like that. That's a good trend. Mm. Uh, my good buddy, um, Big Al McMorty, sent me this nugget. NFL teams. This is the Raiders' third consecutive game away from home. Oh, not a very good trend for that one. Uh, NFL teams in that spot are uh, like 76 and 125. I don't think that's a, a good number. And I'll tell you this, as somebody who's gone from LA to London or California from London, it's 11 hours away. It's long and you don't feel right for like three days. It's East Coast yeah. is six hours. Right. West Coast, it's it's 11. It's not fun. Yeah. It's not a, It's a really long, long ride and you don't feel right for a while. So throwing that out there too. Well, and that's another one. Uh, a shout out to my boy. I, I shouted him out last week. RG White, RJ White from uh, CBS Sports. He he makes this point. Teams from the West, they're going to London. They're one and five against the spread. Oh wow! They're playing against a team from the Central or Eastern time zone. Mm. So there you go. There's your stat. Covers the Bill Simmons angle. Great. So we love the Bears. I love the Bears. The Bears are my five star play this week. In fact, so we'll do Bears Pats tease. Yes. And feel great about that. And if if you're uh, not so beloved Deadskins, screw that up. I'm going to be mad at everybody. There are four underdogs that I like this week, which makes me happy to no end because I know that it's a good week for me when there are underdogs that I like. And I have four. I know you have a couple too. What's your final list of underdogs you like? Just that don't list the, the teams. Just what number is it? How many? Um, I have three that I like. Okay. Well, let's go through them. First, the Jaguars still weirdly undervalued, and I don't understand it. They are getting three and a half points at Carolina this week. Carolina had a lot of trouble moving the ball last week against Houston. I wouldn't say Houston's like an awesome defense, but they really struggled, and they're very, very McCaffrey-centric. I actually think there's a chance the Jags are just undervalued in general. The Jalen Ramsey thing threw them off, threw, threw betters off, and they had a weird vibe. Did well on a Thursday night. Nice come-from-behind win last week. More importantly, our man G. Minshew, which we were there for the formative stages of G. 
way back when. Uh, and we were together in Washington, D.C., watching G coming through. And now I feel like this is now a thing. People are now comparing this to Lynn Sanity. They're calling it Min Sanity, things like that. <laughs> I don't like that. I'm, I gotta say, I'm all in. I think he's legit good. I think if there, the reasons that he became a good quarterback or a good draft pick, sleeper, whatever, actually makes sense. This isn't like, this wasn't somebody who, you know, like if Kyle Bowler became good in year five or something, we'd be like, wow, that's weird. We'd kind of decided on him. Or somebody who you draft in the fourth round and you just kind of know isn't good right away. Yeah, I mean, like Fitzmagic. Like Brian Fitzpatrick, what was there this, to ever suggest that he was going to be? Yeah, it's if it's gonna if it's gonna be an out of nowhere guy, it's usually somebody with a really weird story. It's Kurt Warner, you know, yeah, like exactly had, working a nine to five job for two years and being an arena football guy, and it's shit like that. And this guy has a weird story. He's a late bloomer. He's never really had a chance, but he carries himself like a QB. I think he can absolutely win on the lo- road. I like the fact that these. Carolina and Jacksonville are close to each other just from a proximity standpoint. I don't feel like there's much of a home field advantage in Carolina, by the way. Oh, and Tate Frazier's going to be mad at you. Uh, they banged that drum. Nah. Steph Curry banged that drum before. Well, they can take that drum and go stick it. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I, I just think they can go in there and win. And as we've seen this year, especially in football, home field matters less than ever. I mean, the, the home the road teams are something like 25 or 15 games over 500 so far this year. So I like that one. What are your thoughts? I like it as well. Uh, and one aspect of the G Minshew phenomena that I've uh, particularly enjoyed of late is the uncle Rico, the reintroduction of uncle Rico into our lives from Napoleon dynamite, mm. the uncle Rico quarterback. Now he could throw the ball over a mountain. And I absolutely believe the same is true of, of uh, G Minshew. I'm calling him Uncle Rico Menchu, and I don't can't I can't come up with a reason. We all we've done since he's appeared on the scene is bet the Jags, and all they do is cover every week as long as G's got the ball in his hands. So let's keep doing that. Let's keep doing that thing, Bill Simmons. Road teams are 39, 21, and one against the spread this year, House. That's pretty crazy, and uh, I I I just think the Jags have a better team. That's where I'm landing on that one. So let's file that one away. We're going to put some action on that one. I believe in the Jags defense, actually. And I think they got Fournette going last week. People have been waiting for this forever. You believe in Fournette? Sure. I mean, it's 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 the right... He's clearly a guy that needs um, the circumstances to, to build because he just runs downhill. He only runs one way. Yeah. But they, they, they finally seem to have, you know... I mean, against a, a Denver defense that you would have expected... Um, would be good against the run, and this is part of the puzzling thing with Fanny Pack Fangio's. Uh, they he he just ran straight downhill all game long, and they couldn't stop him. And Bradley Chubb got hurt during that game. You know why he got hurt? Because there could only be one Chubb. Nick Chubb took his Chubb mojo. He was like, "I'm I'm Chubb now. <laughs> you can't be Chubb anymore." So Bradley Chubb gets hurt. Uh, you said you have two underdogs. Give me one of your two underdogs. I want to see if it matches my list. Do you want me to say the the, the team, the game? Just what give do you me, want me to say? Give me one underdog in the point spread that you like. Um, I like the Green Bay Packers getting three and a mm, half points. The Dallas Cowboys on my list. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, speaking of wet farts last week, and you know, we had a little discussion about Dallas against uh, New Orleans, 
and I watched all of that Dallas New Orleans game. I yep. thought Dallas was in a different class. It was a class game as far as I was concerned. And then Dallas went in there and got their asses pushed all over the place on both sides of the ball. The New Orleans Saints, after giving up over 500 yards of offense the previous week to the Seattle, uh, I want to call them the Supersonics now because of uh, you have that great um, podcast series going. Yeah, but uh, but the the Hawks um, came in and just owned the line. The New Orleans won the football game without scoring a touchdown, which tells you all you need to know. Dallas offensive, it, it shows. What did I say? Yeah, no, you're. I was just yeah. fixing it. Yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, but but so so it you go back and you say, well, all the you know the the three Dallas wins are garbage now. They beat the zero and four Deadskins. They beat the uh, uh, two and two Giants when they had Eli. Yeah, and they beat the zero and four. Who am I forgetting? They beat all bad teams. We get your. Point. They beat all bad teams. So the other thing that stuck out in that game was. It felt like they were out coached. It felt like they were out. Uh, thank out, you. Out thank you. Thought, especially you. the Saints' defense. Some of the stuff they were doing, and it just the Saints were a step ahead of them the whole game, and that's why one of the reasons I like the Packers because, you know, the the reality with the Packers is they kind of blew that Philly game Thursday night. You know, Adams got hurt, had to come out when he was just killing the Eagles, and then. They had the ball, you know, inside the red zone and just did some weird shit and ended up, I thought they were going to tie the game. They were in that game. The Eagles played really well, credit to them. But, you know, it's I, the Packers easily could be undefeated still. And uh, I just think they're better than Dallas. They, the catch is their run defense has not been good this year. And everybody is on the fact of Dallas is just going to pound Zeke, pound, 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 pound. And this has the makings of like a 200-yard Zeke game. Are you worried about that? Well, sure. And and he just had his worst game possibly as a professional last week against the Saints. The other thing that's concerning for uh, Green Bay, two injuries. Devontae Parker may be out with turf toe and more concerning. Devontae, Devontae Adams? God damn it. This is just going to be this way. It's just just this show. This is, <laughs> well, you're sick. now at this point. I really am. I, I didn't realize how sick. This is the first time I've talked to an adult all day today. I'll, uh, so far, I'd only been speaking with my child, my nine-year-old. Yeah. Um, so it's it's not surprising that my uh, capture of the facts is a little suspect so far today. Anyway, Brian Beluga and Devontae Adams, both questionable. Both, it seems at this stage when we're doing these, having this discussion, unlikely to play. Well, that uh, Beluga is a is a bigger blow to me. They're saying Adams is Bulaga. No, but they're saying Adams is probably not playing. I'm not, I just feel like we're going to see him. But yeah, okay. that's, I think that's what, that's at least the reason why this line is in Dallas by three. That's, this is why you're getting the extra half point because people, they saw the Packers offense before and after Adams and made him a little weird. So. There you go. That's definitely a reason to at least scale back on the bet. Uh, yeah, I have two more underdogs. Well, what was your other underdog? I wonder if it's the same one I have. Hmm. Hold on. Give me one second here. Oh, it's the Colts, and and it's a it's a just out of continued respect for the Colts, um, and and really respect for Frank Reich, 
after getting their ass kicked last week uh, by the Raiders. I like I, the idea. What? Well, they got their ass kicked, but they also had a chance to win the game. It was an amazing hangaround performance where they just kind of kept clawing back. And then finally, finally they succumbed. But they never quit in that game, which I liked. Yeah. I, the the reason I like the Colts in this position getting uh, 11 is what I think it is. Yes. Is, is simply that game plan wise, Marlon Mack is going to get 573 touches. Did I say his name right? Is that his name? Is that actually the name? of the, Marlon the, Mack. Uh, you got it. Yeah, you nailed Mar- it. I got the name right. Unbelievable. Um, the Chiefs have the worst run defense in the league. Uh, and so that's how this can be something less than I mean you can still win the bet and and lose by 10 points so at this stage it feels slightly disrespectful to how spunky the Colts have been and we got like an extra handful of points out of it because of what the Colts just did against the Raiders so obviously I gravitated to this line like moth to flame and (laughs) here's what worries me the Chiefs have the best offense in the league and I'm not even sure it's close they're number one by DVOA even last week where it really felt like the Lions had their number in a lot of different ways. They still got to 34 points and would have had more if a receiver hadn't gotten a potential almost touchdown, get punched out of his, you know, punched out of his hand. They had settled for a field goal on that play. Indy's got the 31st defense on DVOA. And that includes the two starters that they lost two weeks ago, um, Leonard and Hooker. I'm not sure the defense was that great anyway. What was what alarmed me last week about them was they just couldn't get pressure on Carr. Right. And if they don't get pressure on Mahomes, which I don't think they will, I just don't see a scenario where the Chiefs don't put up 40 points in this game. If anything, you could talk me into, if you're going to do the Colts, you almost want to do like Colts with the over, something like that. The over for this game is 56 and God, it feels like the chiefs are good for 40 of that. I'd be really surprised if, if they didn't put up a big, big, big game, especially coming off like the lions where that Mahomes wasn't great in that game. They really had to gut it out. And now this game, I, I, you know, it's a Sunday night or two. Mahomes is making his MVP candidacy. So I think I'm staying away from this one house as much as I love the Colts. I think, I think just for this week, we're pressing the pause button on them. Okay. I'm just telling you, you asked me for my other underdog. No, I know. I, 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 and I really thought about it and considered it and, and I wanted it. I love the Colts this year. T.Y.'s back in practice too. T.Y.'s back. I don't know if, do we trust that? Do we not trust that? Now, if T.Y.'s back, maybe they could just match points with them. That's the other thing. Could they? Could this just be like a forty-eight to forty type game? So maybe the move is, maybe you do Colts. Maybe we could do a little on Colts in the over as a parlay. That's fun. Just, just like a little, keep, little keep tiny one. In our respects, little tiny one. So we could also do Colts with the over, which is plus nine fifty. Hmm. Basically, we're saying. 10 to 1 chance the Colts win an absolute shootout. Might be worth a little something. Possibly. Just out of respect. Come back. We'll come back to that. We'll come back to that one. Yeah. Uh, Before we keep going, wanted to mention FanDuel. We're teaming up with FanDuel to give you a chance to play fantasy football against Misa on the trifecta. The best part, the winner gets to fly out to Puerto Rico to be our official correspondent for FanDuel's World Fantasy Championship Live 
finals, all expenses paid, four days worth of events in Puerto Rico, including exclusive beach after party with live performance by Ludacris. Go to FanDuel.com slash Ringer to enter and draft your week five fantasy team before the games kick off on Sunday. This is a good time to mention that there are probably some Colts and Chiefs in my lineup. Just putting that out there. You could say, uh, Mr. Mahomes looks enticing, mm. as always. Marlon yes. Mack. Marlon Mack looks uh-huh. enticing. Return at Good TY. Position. Travis Kelsey yeah. coming off being double teamed all game against the Lions. He might be in the lineup as well. So you got that as well. All right. Two more, uh, two more underdogs I wanted to mention. Tampa is getting three in New Orleans. From a DVOA standpoint, this is a bargain because Tampa right now, 10th offense, 6th defense. It's early for DVOA, but we do have enough of a sample size that we got to start at least taking a little bit seriously. The pressure they were getting on Goff last week was unreal. And I, I don't know what this Shaq Barrett, I don't know what the hell happened with this. This guy was on Denver the last couple of years. He now looks like he's Lawrence Taylor. They were all over the place. Their defense, the Todd Bowles and you know, mixing up the blitzes with faking stuff. And they're just very, very, very frisky on D. And then uh, offensively, Godwin and Evans, like that's probably the best receiver combo right now. Both of those guys who, of course, happen to be on my fantasy team. Jameis, they got going. And the Saints, I got to say, like, I just don't think Teddy Bridgewater is good. I feel bad saying it, but I I, I thought the Saints should have won that game by 20 points on Sunday night. And he just couldn't do anything. He's really limited. What do you think? Well, that you're you're absolutely right about that. Um, but they have now beat two teams that you know, as you sort of sit down and look at um, the season coming in, are the Seahawks and the Cowboys on the short list of, of potential playoff teams? Yes, you would say that. And Drew Brees didn't play one snap in either one of those games. Right, and they went into Seattle and beat that team's butt, and then came home and held serve against Dallas. They're 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 very. I was just was so impressed by how they controlled the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Saints. They just managed their ways into wins. It's like a really smart franchise, good head coach, and they're managing their 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 their, their way to wins. Saints DVOA, 18th offensively, 24th defensively. By the way, if you want to take anyone from this game, I would encourage. Uh, I I think Evans and Godwin are going to. Uh, alternate this year as having awesome things. But if you want to play against me, sound the trifecta in the ringer listener league on FanDuel, doesn't matter if you missed last week and still take on the top prize FanDuel.com slash ringer to enter right now. I believe in this bucks team. I can't believe I'm saying it, but I think they're deceiving two and oh, and I, I actually think the Rams are a little better than maybe people thought. And the bucks made them look worse than they probably are on Sunday and maybe we should start taking this Bucks team seriously. I say this knowing that Jameis could throw five picks on Sunday. I am just not sold on the Saints offensively and I think Tampa can do enough defensively. One other thing with this game house, you remember last year, Tampa went in there 48 to 40, beat them early. So they have confidence going in there because they just won in there a year ago. I always like when the team has, you know, it's a division rival where the team has gone in there and won. Wanted to mention them. Last but not least, this is more bet against the Ravens. Steelers are plus three and a half in Baltimore, divisional game. Baltimore is the third ranked offense, the 29th ranked defense, and they looked abominable last week. 
Pittsburgh, pretty run of the mill. 20th offensively, 19th defensively, 15th special teams, DVOA. They look good last week against a bad Bengals team. But I guess my thing with this one is just I don't trust Baltimore's defense, and I'm not sure. They might not be good. They The counter is, as uh, John from New Jersey emailed me, are we sure the Ravens aren't just this year's good, bad team? Where they use Lamar's athleticism to beat up on bad teams like the Dolphins and Cardinals, but they struggle against teams with good players like, you know, the Rams and, uh, sorry, the uh, Chiefs and the Browns. Um, what are your thoughts on Steelers Ravens? I agree with this. I, I actually like Baltimore um, in this position. I think that uh, the, the uh, astute observation by John, is that the, the reader list? Yeah, John in New Jersey. John in New Jersey is 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 absolutely on point. Um, this this uh, showing by Baltimore, underwhelming showing the last two weeks. I I think we're going to look back and say those are kind of forgivable losses. They were in most of that game against the Chiefs. They just you know uh, uh, couldn't get at one more stop when they needed it. But they were they it wasn't just a flat out blowout against the Chiefs. And the, the the Browns, this is the thing, like, uh, we've been very suspicious properly of the Cleveland Browns because they still haven't, you know, really built the institutional, the culture yeah. of winning there. But boy, do they have an, a, a, a fuck ton of talent. That's my technical analysis. Yeah. And a I, fuck ton of talent. I looked at them long and hard against the Niners plus three and a half on Monday night. And I just, I don't trust, uh, I don't trust soup kitchens, unfortunately. So. I'm going to stay away from the Steelers because I don't know if I trust the QB. I don't like that they're coming off an easy win. I agree with you. Baltimore could just win this game by themselves offensively. But I, there's going to be a time for us to bet against Baltimore, and it's probably not this week. So file them away. I don't think so. Put them in the yeah. someday we're betting against you basket. So here's where we landed. Um, Bears, Pats, Tees, Jags plus three and a half. Are you with me on Tampa plus three or no? Uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of there with you. You know, one interesting thing with the saints too, they have a bad, uh, home record against the spread over the like of, of recent vintage, like they're two, seven and one or something against the spread. I think I saw somewhere at home, which is really, really weird. Um, they can't score. So it's, it's going to have to be Jameis, uh, making a contribution, to the good people of New Orleans yeah. uh, to, to produce it. Um, and we know that New Orleans, I mean, we know that Tampa Bay can score. So, I mean, I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm not going to talk you out of it. Okay, so here's what we're doing. Bears, Patriots, tees. We're putting half of our million dollars this week on that. 500. If we lose, we lose 550. But we're going for 500. Boom. Bears, Boom. Bears just basically have to win. Patriots have to win by 10 or more. We win that one. Both of them have to win. We're doing that. We're betting on G Minshew. Jags plus three and a half in Carolina. What do you think? 250 or 300 on that? We could go 300. 300 on Jags plus three and a half. We're going to go 150 on Tampa plus three. Yeah. And then we left a little 50 for the Colts. Okay. So we can either do 
a Colts plus 11 with the over parlay for 50K. We can do the plus 950 Colts win and the game goes over 56. Um, what do you think? Let's let's be shrewd. Uh, let's just take the points. They're sitting there on the table. Let it take the points and, and and the over. Put those two together. That's what that's got to be a like you know a decent return, right? Colts plus eleven with the over plus fifty six. Yeah, that's, that's the parlay. I'm I'm thinking. Yeah, that's plus two sixty. That's a good. That's a good little. That's a good little return. You want to throw uh, the Packers in there? No, we get getting. So we'll bet fifty plus two sixty on Colts plus eleven with the over fifty six. So to recap, yeah. Bears Patriots tease five hundred k. Jags plus three and a half three hundred k. Tampa plus three hundred fifty k, and then Colts plus eleven with the over in the Colts Chiefs Chiefs game at fifty six fifty. To win one thirty, okay, and that's what we're doing. We're up eight sixty for the year. House, good luck with the Nationals. Worst of luck with the Redskins. Talk to you soon. <laughs> <laughs> Don't trust that fart. Thanks to ZipRecruiter. Don't forget to go to ZipRecruiter.com/slash/bs. Thanks to Luminary for running Sonic Boom, as well as We Watchables nineteen ninety nine, which we also have up there. It's a hodgepodge episode right now of all the best. 1999 movies that uh, we couldn't fit into the actual series. Thanks to Square, more than a little white credit card reader. It's a whole system of tools built to run and grow any kind of business from point of sale and payroll to invoices and online stores. Can we actually get you a Square, Kyle? Yeah, why not? I think that'd be cool if you just had one. Let's do it. Definitely Can normal people get a Square? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Let's do this. Square. Send nephew Kyle a, 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 a Square. square. <laughs> And you out there can go to square.com slash go slash BS to see all the ways you can take your business from square one to whatever's next. You're kind of your own business now. You run yeah, a whole a bunch of podcasts. You're at a bar. At yeah. Somebody might want to buy you a beer. Yes. Who knows? All right. Uh, we'll be back Sunday night. Me and the cuz looking forward to it until then. <laughs>